Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. Here coming to you on that being said, of course, this is week number five of the NFL. Our Sunday morning tradition continues on into our ninth season, our 34th episode. Thanks for everybody giving us a call here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we kick off week number five. I'm excited and ready to rock and roll and get ready to talk about all the games that are on tap. Again, for folks, remember... Those that do listen uh, for Rowlett Eagles football this week, the Rowlett Eagles are on the box. And we just found out, uh, thanks to the Eagle Eye Bill Cerna, that all the teams in the Garland Diocese are um, on the bye. So that's the re- how they got everything squared away. They didn't do one team one week. They just said everybody's off this week. So that having been said, your Raleigh Eagles, they hit the field in two weeks, 13 days. They get some time to rest. They get some time to heal some injuries and get ready to go on for the last four games of the season. We are 60% of the way through the regular season in Texas high school football. You're on the Couch Potato Sports Show with our coverage of the Rowlett Eagles. That having been said, of course, that's the name of this show. We are here. We're talking NFL. There's a lot of things that are going on in the NFL. And one of the biggest news that is going on right now, right here in Dallas, it's it, it's just one of those things. And, and, and this is after Travis Frederick signs the big contract. Uh, he goes down on a non-football illness. And they listed the Dallas Cowboys. Um, it's a nerve condition that has been keeping him from playing all season long. They go ahead and put him on the um, n- uh, non-football list. Just for everybody to know, um, the the fact of the matter is when you uh, go on the non-football illness uh, list, there is no there is no set time that you have to be out except. Um, that it's got to be approved by the NFL, and that has been approved by the NFL. I don't think we're going to see Travis uh, Frederick this whole season. Um, I thought we weren't going to get it, which in turn turns for, especially for my lopes right here, the Dallas Cowboys offensive line really was anchored by this guy. He's the center. He's the And, frankly, he's the smartest. He's the best, the most athletic guy on that offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys. Without having him here, you see exactly what's going on here. The offensive line is not what it was. And you can say whatever you want about one guy on the offensive line and the quote-unquote next guy up. Well, the fact of the matter is when the next guy comes up can't carry Travis Frederick's jock, it makes things a lot harder for anybody and everybody who's going to be in there. 
The offensive line on paper for the Dallas Cowboys is the reason why people have them where they are. Um, I picked them not necessarily because of the offensive line. I picked them because I thought Dak Prescott was going to be a guy that they could depend on and have good success with. And everybody said, Sonny, you're wrong. Oh, contraire, mon frere. Give him a little time. He's, it, guys, Dak Prescott came into this league, and you could say whatever you want. And one of the bad things, and I'll talk a little bit about this before we move on. Dak Prescott came in as a rookie and led this team 13-3. Two things happened after that. Number one, sophomore slump. It's, it's usually there. But quite possibly most important, they lost Tony Romo. Tony Romo went up to the booth, and he didn't have Tony Romo on the side to confer with, to get ideas from. And all of that, you could say whatever you want about Tony Romo as a player, but when Dak Prescott is leaning on a guy like that, of course you end up where you are. Now this year, forget the fact they don't have Tony Romo. He's learned. He's, uh, you know, taken the reins and everything else. Now he got problems on the offensive line. And also last year, no Zeke for six weeks. Guys, you tell me. I mean, Dak Prescott is a fine quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. And once, and I say once, once they figure out what it's going to take in order to win with Dak Prescott as the quarterback, okay, which is in turn, don't put him in situations. Like in the first year, they didn't put him in situations where he had to be the sole reason why they won the football game. Now, granted, they had Des Bryant at that time, but you can say whatever you want. They got guys they can throw the football to. They need to get back to that mentality to where all the weight is not on the shoulders of one Dak Prescott. And you, we can talk about it all day long, but the simple fact of the matter is, is when the offensive line is decimated, and yes, one guy can decimate that offensive line, and that's Travis, uh, uh, Travis Frederick. Guys in Dallas need to know that when you lose your anchor, it's harder to keep yourself stable. That's why they're called anchors, because they make it stable. And then, also, guys are not completely healthy on that offensive line. So I'm already tired of listening to Dallas Cowboy fans, uh, you know, supposed fans, or just guys that think they know everything. That's, that Prescott is fine for this football team. Yeah, he didn't throw for 200 yards for three, four games. Blah, blah, blah. Who cares? They are 2-2. Two and two. They're lucky to be 2-2. Two and two. And I have not – and listen, if there's anybody who doesn't like the Dallas Cowboys more than me, I'm not sure who's out there who doesn't. The Dallas Cowboys are going to win this division, and they're going to do it with what they are going to do today, which is they're going to have to depend on Zeke. And you can say whatever you want about Zeke, you know, all the other crap and all this other stuff. That guy's got, that guy's got skill. Oh, you didn't know? That having been said. Your ass better come. Bring on the fine co-host of this program, Ms. Cuervo, on a Sunday morning. I didn't know if you were going to be here this morning because of uh, condolences out to your wife's uncle. Um, if you obviously got a bail, you can go ahead and do so. This is Cuervo. How you doing, Cuervo? Good morning, Sonny. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So how long are you hanging out today, or do you know? Uh, well, I mean, I, I appreciate the... Um the condolences, Sonny. Um, so my wife is actually working, so I'm going to be available for the whole show. 
Oh, except for the hiding time. But yeah, understand. Got it. Hey, um, that, that, are you are you on the way for the hiding tight right now? Is that where you're headed? Because I know you're in the car. Yeah, no, I'm actually. Um, so we ran out of uh, coffee at the house, so I, I had to go <laughs> grab me a cup uh, from outside and bringing it back to the house now. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Got it. You have your priorities you know straight. Good job. Show without some coffee, Sonny. Yeah. Absolutely. Get that hazelnut coffee rolling through you. What do you think about the Dallas Cowboys putting Travis uh, Frederick on the sideline? He's going to be pretty much done for the whole year. Uh, this illness, uh, it's a condition that uh, messes with your nerves and everything, and they have got to figure out how they're going to get it under control. But the Dallas Cowboys are going to be without their anchor. What do you think about this? I mean, we talk about anchors. We know what the word means. The anchor stability is the stability of uh, of the offensive line, that being Travis uh, Henry and our Travis Frederick, as well as you know the Dallas Cowboys, you know offensive line is not, you know on pa- on paper it's the best, but at the same time when you don't have that one key ingredient, it makes a big difference on that offensive line. Oh, without a doubt, Sonny. Especially when you're talking about like you said, the anchor of that offensive line. Look, I think having him on the sideline, I don't, I don't know. If- if you're talking about just having him there for, for some moral support or, or what are you referring to, but if, if that's what it's about, I think I think I'm all I'm all for it because look, I mean, you know, he may not be able to contribute on the field, but he'll be able to contribute uh, you know, during the game, him being right there with with the team, I think that could you know, create, um, you know, confidence, a confidence boost, knowing that, you know, he's still a brother in arms. And, you know, he again, he may not be able to, to perform on the field, but he's going to be right there with those guys, helping them every step of the way throughout the season. And I, and I think that's, that's a big thing. You know, you got guys out there that, you know, they, um, they, they, they want nothing to do with their team. Uh, you know, yeah. you got Earl Thomas. With what he what happened to him last week, he's flipping his he's, he's flipping his teammates off, you know because <laughs> I guess he feels like it's their fault that he broke his leg during the game last week. Look, that, that was very immature of Earl Thomas, and we'll get to it later. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw that comment out there is I think it was extremely immature, and, and I, I kind of hope Earl Thomas never gets another deal with a team in the NFL for that. So. It's the kind of thing where you you just – it doesn't help you root for the guy at all when he does something like that. I mean, really, it doesn't, and it does. It shows the immaturity and the stupidity that that he's all about, so. Yeah, and I was a fan of his until until that moment. I I lost respect for Earl Thomas. I really did. That's what it is. That, that's what it is. I think you're right, Cuervo. I think it's about the respect of the player um, that goes out there and gives it his all week in and week out, and then he t- does what he does. Let's go ahead and bring in Todd. Good morning, Todd. How you doing? What do you think about the Dallas Cowboys? Dak Prescott and also losing the anchor on the fir- first line. I actually, even though I hate the Dallas Cowboys per se, um, I still think they're going to win this division. I know people think I've lost my mind. Go ahead, Todd. We haven't lost your mind because the Eagles are struggling so much that that's very, very possible, but uh, you're not going to like my pick tonight. <laughs> I can, well, I'll, I'll, we'll get to that in here, but yeah, I, I mean, they, they're already used to not having him there as it is, and 
Um, yeah, it's definitely it's a definitely a big blow added to already what is probably one of the longest injury lists in the NFL. And you know the Cowboys are, have got to be very very thin. When you look at their injury report, they've got so many guys out that were supposed to be key members of this team. But yeah, I think it's absolutely obviously a difficult situation for them. But last week uh, they had an excellent running game, though. I mean, Elliott Fonny got going, had a humongous game. I'd said he's going to probably have to rush for 150 yards, and little and behold, he had over like 200 total yards in that game. But sure, for the long term, yeah, obviously it hurts them because he's one of the premier players in the in the league in his position. Absolutely. So, that having been said, we got a lot of games to get to, so we covered just a little bit about the locals here, so the people here in uh, Dallas uh, have an idea of what's going on. So, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and hit it and go directly into the game since we got both both Todd and Cuervo one. We're going to head on over to the first game that is, it's actually a good one. And the reason why it's a good one, I look at it and I got to ask myself the question, who, who's actually going to show up here? Is Atlanta going to show up? Are they going to show up on the road against Pittsburgh, who has not been playing well? Atlanta won in three out on the season, loser the last two. Pittsburgh lost last week, so they're one, two, and one. Uh, both teams only have one victory out on the season, depending on how you look at ties and what you think of them, if it's a win, loss, or whatever the case may be. I don't know, but Cuervo, we got two unstable football teams that are on the board here today uh, starting us out here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. What do you think about Atlanta and Pittsburgh here today? Well, I think you you nailed it right on the head, Sonny. I mean, you're talking about two teams that, you know, we should be talking about teams maybe one loss at most. These are are elite teams in the NFL, and right now – they're struggling to, to compete in their own division. So, I mean, you look at you look at Pittsburgh. I mean, I, that's probably that game last Sunday. Guys, probably the the worst I've seen the Pittsburgh Steelers in quite some time, and it, it's it's really it's really it's it's hard to to imagine the Steelers being a team that just can't compete like we're used to seeing. I mean, over the years, you know, when you're talking about consistency, you're talking about teams being right there in the thick of it, aside from New England. I mean, the Steelers are the the other example in the AFC. And, you know, it kind of of raises the question, is the problem the fact that, you know, this whole Le'Veon Bell situation, has gotten where it is, and I know that he's, you know, saying like, "Oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna come back during the bye week," and you know, that's that's all fine and dandy, but what what what's he doing for the team until then? You know, it's the fact that that he got to make the decision on when he was gonna come back speaks a lot about where the Pittsburgh Steelers have gone as an organization, not. The Steelers yep. that I remember, son, the Steelers that you remember, um, wouldn't tolerate that. They're 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 gonna let you know, you will be, you will report in this day, or you will no longer be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Plain and simple, and that just hasn't happened. So, that kind of tells you where 
the culture in in the Steelers organization has kind of changed, and it's it's not for the better. So, um, but you know, it, it's funny because I was just listening to uh, the NFL Network, and you know, a lot of times people forget. Like, look, while Le'Veon Bell is a huge piece of this Pittsburgh Steelers team that's missing, um, let's not forget that the Steelers lost the. the really the, the captain of their defense last year, Ryan Shazier. Um, yeah. So when people people are sitting here trying to sitting there trying to scratch their head and figure out what's wrong with the defense, I mean any defense that loses their their captain, their their, their main guy, it's gonna struggle. So that right there is, is the answer with the defense. So I mean it's just those two, those two guys that are missing, it, it really, it's really starting to show the effects of what it means to have your superstars uh, really carrying, carrying your team uh, throughout the season. And, and right now, the Steelers don't have it on either side of the football. Oh, big time! They don't. You're you're absolutely right. They're starting off the games. They've been outscored 42 to six in the first quarter all the season, meaning they're not getting out of the gate. And that cannot can like like Mike Tomlin said, it can't continue to happen because of that problem. So that that I just put you on mute, Cuervo, because we're getting a lot. I, you're getting me on the feedback there, um, but. But that that's a huge problem for the Dallas Cowboys or for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers as they get going. That's first and foremost. They got to start playing better. I mean, granted, you know, Mike Tomlin says is that he's came to several conclusions about his team after quote unquote studying what took place in the first four games. Well, you don't have to study Todd too hard to realize that. Guess what? Uh, your football team is not as good as it normally is to come out to start the season out. Well, they were overrated to begin with because, you know, I, I was reading all this stuff in the media before the season, these preseason magazines and ever that the Steelers, some people even had this team winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I realized that was with Bell, but even at that time there was a question of whether Bell was going to be on the team or not. And, and after – uh, you know, the, the, the running backs uh, after the first game, the Steelers have not been able to, you know, run the football. And this, this game is going to be a very similar game to me as to maybe the Cincinnati-Atlanta game last week because these teams are re- almost mere images of each other. Uh, I mean, they're among the best offenses. They're top ten offenses, but they're bottom, they're bottom five defenses. Atlanta is last in the league in points allowed which is unbelievable. And, um, you know, it's basically a passing game. I mean, you really cannot fault Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's put up the numbers, 10 touchdowns with just two picks this season. Um, and both teams are depleted in the running games as well. Atlanta due to injuries and Pittsburgh because Bell's not there. And, you know, at this particular point, I mean, all these teams, both these teams, I should say, have had quite a bit of problems. And, Uh, The Falcons' defense is one of the worst I've seen at the end of games. I mean, they have not been able to close games out. I mean, the last two games at home, they were in a position that all they had to do was get a stop at the end of the game, and they win both those football games. Instead, teams were, you know, they were just melting, giving up big plays, chains moving constantly. They could, the defense could not get off the field, and Ryan would just frustratingly sit there, and he could not control the outcome of the game. 
And a game like this today, um, I mean, I can honestly see a, a lot of issues for both teams defensively that it's going to be – I don't see how the other, either team is going to stop the other, in, in all honesty. You know, Ridley has kind of picked things up for Atlanta with six touchdown receptions. The Azulia Jones has been fairly quiet for the most part. Uh, but it's just going to be a matter of who's will and who – who can be able to get the couple necessary stops in this game, but uh, Pittsburgh has just not been able to place, uh, replace Shazier in, in the, on the defense. Uh, so this, both these teams are having an awful lot of problems, and you're right. Both these teams were considered at the start of the year, you know, top ten teams, I mean, fairly upper echelon teams, and both teams are in crises. I mean, basically, if either of these teams lose today – not only is their division hopes probably maybe gone, but their playoff hopes are, even though I know we're going to got 12 games left, are going to be very, very shaky. Nobody, because you yeah. know, Pittsburgh would be 1-3-1, and one, and Atlanta would drop to 1-4, and four, and that's not a division that you want to be 1-4 and four in when you see how good the Saints are playing right now as they're putting things together. At Carolina, Atlanta's going to be on the outside looking in. So this is this yeah. is a very, very critical game today. Um, I'm going for the home team, but uh, only because the game's at home. But I'd be honest with you, uh, I don't trust either one of them. But the thing is, I just don't trust Atlanta to stop anybody. Uh, that's that's the issue. And this is the day that I, I, I just – I think Ben Roethlisberger is going to have a big day. And the thing is, they might even be able to get their running game on track today, even though Bell's not there. Because I just, I just don't like Atlanta's defense it's, it's the worst in football right now. It really is. I mean, I thought it was the Saints earlier, in which it was. Tampa Bay's wasn't too good. But right now it's clear that Atlanta's near the bottom statistically in every defensive category. Um, they just they just cannot – they just can't get it done. So, um, I like the Steelers, but it's not – let me put it to you this way. It's not a real confident – it's a shaky pick. I'll – I'll leave yeah. it at that. But Atlanta is just yeah. giving up too many, too many plays on the football field, uh, for as far as I'm concerned. Um, and you can't really fault Man Ryan. Man Ryan's not been the issue. It's it's that defense. It's been absolutely horrible. But and you know, so not only that, Sonny, um, they're not creating turnovers either. Uh, they're they're not creating turnovers. They're not getting enough sacks. So that's all a formula of disaster with Ben Roethlisberger. Well, and there's there's some other things that yeah, all good facts, and when I'm looking at it, but I, I I put it in my mind, Cincinnati, what they did to Pittsburgh, then Baltimore, you know, which ones are the better teams in reality are those two that both played Pittsburgh? Okay. So Cincinnati and Baltimore, I mean, Atlanta's putting up the numbers. I think you're right. I don't think that the Steelers right now could stop anything. Uh, I think the Atlanta Falcons at least have a little bit better shot of stopping people uh, in reality. Uh, You would think that they would. Dan Quinn, this is a guy that should be able to put together the defense. So if I'm one of the ownerships, I'm going, hey, Dan, um, what's going on here on this defense? Uh, Can you help me out there? So Cuervo, I mean, you're looking at a lot of things that are going on, and Atlanta is is putting up the numbers offensively. This could be the shootout of the day. I I kind of had it that way. Uh, But Atlanta, I mean, defensively, 
like Todd said, the stats don't lie. They're, they're not doing anything wonderful, and the record doesn't show that they are able to get over the hump offensively because of the defensive uh, discrepancies and problems that they have. They're one and three. Yeah, the defense really isn't doing the offense any favors, Sonny. So, <clears throat> you know, let's not forget, though, and, and this is not to really make excuses for the Falcons because, um, you know, everybody should be ready to play at all times. But, um, you know, they're also missing two very, very vital pieces of their defense in Keanu Neal at safety and, and Deion Jones at middle linebacker. And, you know, you're talking about all pro guys here. So, when those two guys are out for the season, that's really going to put a damper on, on what the Falcons can do off, uh, defensively. So um, that that doesn't help the situation at all. But even with that, Sonny, they shouldn't – they're giving up way too much. Uh, I mean, they made the Cincinnati Bengals look like the greatest show on turf last week. Absolutely. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not saying that Cincinnati is a bad offense. Um, but Andy Dalton – had a career day last week, which, I mean, that's, that's a lot to say. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of issues defensively for the Falcons. Uh, but in their defense, uh, they do have some major injuries as well, major key injuries. And so who do you have in this one here, Cuervo? This one was – it was tough to me until I spotted one thing, and I'll mention it in a second. Who do you have in this one? Um, you know, I think I'm going to, I think I like the Steelers just because of coaching in reality. And I know we bash on Mike Tomlin, um, but I think he's a guy that really, uh, is, is a little bit better of a manager towards the end of football games. And I think that could come into, in the factor in this one. So I, I like the, I like the Steelers due to, uh, just, you know, end-of-game situation. Yeah, and I'll tell you, the thing I'm looking at is weather consistency. And the consistency I look at there as far as who I'm picking, I'm actually going Atlanta in this game. The last three games, the Atlanta Falcons have put over 30 points up on the board each and every game. They lost the first game against Philadelphia. I like that key number in the 30s. Now, the question will be is will they be able to stop the Pittsburgh Steelers um, uh, as far as where they are? I mean, they're not, they're, they're, they're not pulling down the defensive, you know, you know, the the steel curtain idea anymore right now. So that's the problem I'm worried about. And I think Matt Ryan has enough weapons to get past it. And I think in this game, this is going to be something that they'll be able to do. And I also looked at a couple of other numbers. And the simple fact of the matter is, is that what scared me at first was the fact that Pittsburgh uh, – ended up scoring 30, uh, 37 points on Kansas City, and then they came back and they scored 30 points on Tampa Bay. But then they got back to reality with the, with the Baltimore Ravens. I didn't like the fact that they only put up 14 points against the, uh, uh, the uh, Baltimore, uh, Baltimore football team. That's what scared me about this pick. 
because um, I was actually leaning home team too. I mean, you're you're not stupid for leaning home team at all, especially in this game. But the only problem is, is when I looked at this game and how I felt about the game, I, I just I, I'm going to go lately, and you know, and we all know that this this uh, football, you know, the NFL in reality is all about what have you done for me lately, and and we we all know that. I'll go. I'll go one week on that. What have you done for me lately? So I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep Atlanta. And I'm. I'm like Todd. I'm kind of questionable about the pick as well. But that'll take us into our next game as we are here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We're covering them all here. The next one I have up on is I. I like this game because we'll find out about a pretender or a contender. And I'm talking about Cleveland. Now Cleveland lost last week. They're one two and one. The Baltimore Ravens, they won two in a row. They got a good victory last week, uh, three and one out on the season. At first, you know, the hype, Cuervo, is, uh, you know, Cleveland at home, I like it. Cleveland at home, I like it. They're playing better. They're one, two, and one. They should be. They really could be really, you know, in reality, three and one realistically. The problem is not getting over the hump. But the problem is, is that two things. Number one. It's a divisional game. That that's that's the problem number one. This is a very important game here today. And number two, Cuervo, when you're looking at this game, Baltimore is just the better football team. So it was hard for me not to jump on the Cleveland bandwagon and because they were at home. I mean, a good football team at home. But they're still the Cleveland Browns, Cuervo. So when you're looking at Baltimore and Cleveland, what are you looking at? Hold on. I think I muted him. No, let me – yep, I did. I muted him. Let me bring him back in. Go ahead, Cuervo. Appreciate that, Sonny. But, ah, yes, the the good old old Browns versus new Browns matchup. Oh, Uh, yes. I love talking about this one. Bad argument. (laughs) Look, it's, it's, it's really easy right now to fall in love with a guy like Baker Mayfield, right? Because he, oh, yeah. he he brings in he brings kind of a new style, you know. He's he's got that uh, that that raw feel to him. Um, he, he you know he, he likes to run around and, and he makes it entertaining, and that's great and all. Um, yeah, that works against teams like the New York Jets. Did you see what he did uh, last week uh, or or the last game that he played? It, it didn't work out too well, did it? So didn't nope. um, you know, with with that being said, um I think I think the Ravens are a team that look, they they, they love those those young, you know, uh I guess uh you know, type of quarterbacks that love to run around and and uh try to make plays and, and, and move around with their feet. They, they the Ravens eat those type of quarterbacks up. And today, I don't see today really being any different. So, honestly, Sonny, I don't really have a whole lot for this game. Um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 just a classic matchup of the old Browns versus the new Browns. That's that's the flavor I like to throw into this one. But, you know, coming off last week, uh, nice win uh, against against Pittsburgh at, at their house, uh, which happens more often than, than we realize. But um, – yeah, I, I expect Baltimore to take that win and use that as, as momentum to get the second quarter of their season going. And uh, I, I think Baltimore, in a pretty convincing fashion, will win this one. 
I think so, too, although Cleveland did put up a 40-burger on Oakland in a losing situation. So I see why people could want to fall in love with the the fact of the new Browns uh, coming around. But when it comes to division play, and that's what this is, it's a division game, you, you throw – you throw what happened in Oakland out the window. Hey, guys, they should have won that game. I, I, granted, they should have won a lot of the games this year. And they're just not, they haven't found the, uh, how do you say it? They haven't found the actual uh, recipe to get over the top to get the victory. And, and, Todd, say whatever you want about them. That's where they are right now. You were complaining last week, and I didn't see the game, but I saw the replay, and uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation if, the referees did their job last week when Cleveland was trying to run out the clock, and it was clear that they were they got a first down on a run by a good half yard over the marker, which ended up getting a reverse call. Cleveland was forced to give the ball up, and then the Raiders would come back and tie that game up. And I could, and I I saw the replay on that. I I absolutely could not believe it. But even oh, that was terrible. Was Crazy knucklehead of terrible. And even though Mayfield did not have the kind of game he had against the Jets, and he he turned them all over four times. He had two interceptions and two fumbles. Still, he got a lot of praise, even from the Raider people. I mean, he he made a lot of plays in this game, and he still he still fought. He still had a good amount of yardage. Yes, he made mistakes, but still, you can't deny the fact that Cleveland put up 42 points on the board. But uh, yeah. for me, I'm a, I'm not a, a history buff, so to speak, because every day is a new day, so to speak. But I will say this, the Baltimore Ravens, just by my memory, Sonny, have absolutely owned this rivalry. I mean, they talk about a domination. It used to be like in the old days of Montana when they always beat the Rams. They had like a humongous winning streak against the Rams. The Ravens never seemed to lose to Cleveland. And I mean, I, I can go back a number of years. And so not just the last couple, but for a long, long time. And the way I look at it, the Ravens' defense is one of the top defenses in football. They're second-ranked in many categories. And the thing about it is they're going to make – they're going to pull some stunts and do some things that are going to confuse Mayfield into making mistakes. And the Browns do have the number one rushing attack, believe it or not, in the league, which would shock a lot of people. But uh, Hyde is a, is a workhorse. He has five touchdowns. But Chubb gives him some speed in the running game. But – um, the way I look at this particular game, even though it is in Cleveland, um, I, I think that the Raven defense is going to bait him, Mayfield, in enough mistakes. And their de- the Ravens still have an outstanding defense. I mean, I think at the start of the year, the Ravens to be a wild card. And they might even do better than that. And people said, oh, gee, where are they getting the offense? Well, where will they get the offense from it? Even though Flacco has not put up great statistical numbers, Really, except for one bad half he had against Cincinnati in the Thursday night game, he's actually played pretty decent football. He's got 18 eats and two picks. And going into Pittsburgh and the way they dominated that game last week, um, you know, the Ravens are always a very confident bunch. And, you know, it's a motivation year. I mean, it's a contract year for Harbaugh. I mean, the Ravens are doing, you know, they're 3-1. and one. Uh, I cannot see them slipping their toe and losing a game like this in Cleveland against the Browns. Uh, uh, I mean, the Browns will score some points. They'll give them some problems. But, you know, Baltimore has been a, has been an effective offensive football team. So, you know, they've done much, much better. I mean, everybody predicted that the Ravens 
wouldn't be able to run the ball, but between uh, John Brown has given them, you know, some decent uh, decent play at the wideout position, the former Arizona Cardinal, um, I mean, they're doing a pretty good job. I mean, so, you know, yeah. I, I like the Ravens to be to score enough points because Cleveland's defense really is nothing uh, to write home about. But the Ravens have been surprisingly, as I said, effective uh, offensively. And even so, they don't really even have to be. But, yeah, they're still – you know, they're in the top ten in offensive yards a game. Um, you know, they'll bait anyway. They'll bait Mayfield enough mistakes, Sonny, that I, I have to like the Baltimore Ravens to come out on top of the game. Yeah, you should, and, and there's a couple of reasons why. Number one, you know, Baltimore are the Browns have been putting up numbers, but they they haven't been against you know terribly good defensive teams. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, Baltimore ranks uh, fourth against the run, only a you know, giving up 82 yards a game. All right, so that right there, that's going to take Carlos Hyde. And even if you get Nick Chubb the ball more, that's not going to help you when you're going up against Baltimore's defense because this is a football team that has fed off a of defense off of many years square ball. So when you're when you're you're picking this game, you're you're looking at a, a, like I said at the top on this game, the rivalry of what it is with it being a. a um, a division game, and number two, the hype. And whether or not you're going to believe the hype uh, on this game, you got to look at what's ha- at, at what's happening with Joe Flacco right now. They're averaging 30 points a game. Flacco is thrown for 1,252 yards, eight touchdowns compared to only two interceptions. So, um, you know how you know how is the Browns secondary that is allowing 278 yards a game going to stop Joe Flacco? And then you got the defense. I'm going to tell you right now, Cuervo, I don't want to, you know, I, I found a new phrase. It's called bloodbath. You know, I, I, my, my eyes might start bleeding after this one, Cuervo, because I have a feeling that the Baltimore Ravens are going to turn the Cleveland Browns back into the team that they were for the last past two years. And let me see, I got you. Yep, I got him muted, so I'll bring him back in. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, yeah, if there's a team that's going to kind of snap the Browns back into reality, I think the Ravens would be that team because they are, uh, you know, that physical team that that can kind of knock you back into to what you actually are as opposed to what you've been showing people you are, if that makes any sense at all. Um, well, Dennis Green but, says it around. They are who they thought they were. That is basically it right there. Yeah, that's that's exactly – I guess that's what I'm trying to get at, Sonny. So, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think you're right, though. I think the Ravens will, will kind of humble the Browns. Not to say that they're not humble, but, uh, you know, a lot of people are trying to uh, give them more credit than maybe they should be getting. You know, they, they beat – they beat uh, uh, a bad Jets team, and that's that's what yeah. they've accomplished so far. And as it yeah. doesn't really go beyond that. So, but you know, going back to that that game last week uh, against the Oakland Raiders. Now, I had a question for you gentlemen that may that have a lot more time than I do watching the game and and with more experience and whatnot. Um, what is what is in the grasp mean? Is that code for the tuck rule? What is that? What is in the grasp? Because I don't know what, what it is. 
Well, no, no one knows what it is. And that play, play what you're talking about, Cuervo, I know exactly what play you're talking about. And, and the simple fact of the matter is, is that that wasn't when, – when you are Marshawn Lynch, and granted, I hate the guy. I'll come out and I, – hey, I admit my hate. Why are you hating, Sonny? I don't know. We won't get into why. But the simple fact of the matter is, is that he was, you can't count Marshawn Lynch until there's nine players around him not letting him move the football forward. He was in the backfield. He was fighting for yards. He broke the tackle. Not saying that he would have scored the touchdown or anything, but he would have definitely got a lot further than they did with that happy, that happy whistle that has ended up happening there. That was a horrible call, too. There were horrible calls on both sides of the football. At the end of the game, though, that's where my complaint came from, is that game was over. That first down, that game was over, and Cleveland would have won it. And that, that's where the referees got about. Now, I don't know what the repercussions were or what the, you know, final – you know, say was coming from the referees on it, but it was a horrible call. And not only that, if you go by the rules of this game and rules of replay, it has to be clear and concise that the play is wrong before they overturn it. That wasn't clear. That wasn't concise. Where they had those angles, at least if they had more angles that we didn't see, granted. But they showed just about every single angle that came on there, and that ball was right where it needed to be. It was it was just a horrible call. So in reality, where are the officials at as far as where they are? Their grade so far this year is average at best. They got to improve that one big time. And they – and and games like this, and listen, Cleveland's not a playoff team, okay? Cleveland is fighting for, you know, relevancy. And that game right there, not saying that they would have put them on the map, but listen, there is a difference to be 2, 1, and 1 compared to 1, 2, and 1, because in reality, you're 1 and 3. So, you know, it, it just would have been better for them, and it, it might have been able to hype them up. Maybe that will hype them up this week. I'm not seeing it. But at the same time, that's where we are. Next game that's up on board here on the Couch Potato Sports Show is the the run from Fort Park. But they're playing the Jets. I don't have a lot to say about this one. I mean, I, I'm going to tell you right now the Miami Hurricanes can go in there and beat the Jets. So, you know, I yeah. – I don't have a lot to say about this one. Denver is going to to beat the snot out of these two, this team, and they had a real good game on Monday Night Football. Cuervo, um, I, I actually thought they were going to get the win, but they didn't. Um, but that having been said, Cuervo, and I, I, I don't know. Do you have a lot to say? I mean, it's the Jets for God's sake. They are they are not just bad; they're god awful. They are, Sonny, and, and I think, uh, again, you know, with a defense, aggressive defense like the Broncos have, uh, I think they're going to eat Sam Darnold up for breakfast, uh, digest him for lunch, and uh, dispose of him for dinner. <laughs> I guess that's a clean way to say it, right? Yes, uh, right. <laughs> that, that's, that's, I mean, <laughs> if that's a visual for you. But anyways, look, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I think the Denver Broncos are going to do to Sam Darnold. They're, they're just going to absolutely make three and a half hours of his life miserable. And, and how they're going to do that is just by bringing pressure. They're going to bring more pressure 
and then when they're done bringing more pressure, guess what they're going to do? They're going to bring even more pressure because yes. young rookie quarterbacks like a Sam Darnold, when they get pressured, they panic. And what yeah. happens when a quarterback panics, Sonny? What, what happens? What do they What do they create? Interceptions or turnovers? Turnovers. Turnovers. So that's that's going to be the theme of of this game. I think is. How many turnovers are the Broncos' defense going to create uh, uh, off of Sam Darnold? So, uh, just a, a little fantasy thing out there. If you got the Broncos' defense, go ahead and start them because you're going to rack some points up today. Shouldn't have a problem today, but there is a story that's out there, and you know, I I really thought I thought emotion had a lot to do with games, and and I go back to the. Bears, and it was the fact that the Hall of Famer uh, linebacker just went in, um, uh, lost a family member, and I thought emotion was going to be a big part of the game. So I foolishly took the uh, the Chicago Bears in the game after a tragedy happened. Um, uh, but that's what they got going on here as far as the Jets are concerned in reality. The Jets have a defensive coordinator that's really ill. Uh, so, you know, if, if they had anything that they can go on and build on, Todd, is maybe going ahead and having a little emotion. Maybe they'll show a little emotion because they have been flat. The whole time that they have played, every single game this year has actually been lackluster at best, whether it's offensive or defense. It, it, it's really easy to see, but when you look at this team as a whole, um, will emotion have a part in this game for the Jets, and can they win it? At the beginning, it will, but these things always wear off at the end, but I mean, I don't see a route here, but the thing is that makes me one of the happy camper in this game is Todd Davis isn't going to play for the Broncos, and that's a great thing for me, because he couldn't cover you out of the backfield. That's the reality. He's awful in space, uh, so I'm glad he's out today because uh, I don't know what they see in him. But anyway, um, the Broncos um, defensively um, with Vaughn Miller and, and Chubb and, uh, and, and Derek Wolf and all this stuff, I mean, they're going to they're gonna, – Sam Darnold's going to have a lot of problems. Uh, Chris Harris is going to have his way. The Jets don't have anybody that can scare you offensively. Um, Case Keem does not even have to look that great today. Uh, I expect the Broncos to run the ball uh, quite a bit against the Jets today. Uh, Keem will not be in a position that he'll be making critical mistakes because they'll probably be in control of this game. And the Jets are are just awful as far as offense. They're near the, they're in the bottom six in the league rushing in in total offense. Passing's not very good. Defensively, they're all right. Um, they're not that bad, but that's been the story of the Jets for a number of years now. But uh, offensively, um, I just don't see what the Jets can bring to the table. Yeah, at the beginning, they'll be fired up, but as the game wears on, uh, the Broncos have, you know, Freeman and Phil Lindsay running the ball. Cable will make enough plays that, as you guys say, there really isn't a lot to talk about in this game. I mean, I look, I look for a score line somewhere in the neighborhood of about 23 to 14, 24 to 13, 27, 13, something along those lines. I mean, the Jets can be very, very hard-pressed to score a lot of points. Um, the Broncos see this as a game that they can win and a game they need to win after losing two in a row. The only issue is the Broncos traditionally 
uh, in the last couple of years have not done a very good job uh, traveling cross country and, and winning on the road, but it is the Jets. So the Broncos have to pencil this on their schedule. I'm sure for some time figuring this should be a victory. And um, I'll, I'll be very honest. If Case Keenan cannot get it done today, uh, I, I, you know, I, I could not be uh, quick enough uh, to see him being replaced by Chad, by Kelly. But of course I know that's not going to happen because Keenum's making all the money and uh, it would take an act of Congress or an injury for him to come out of the lineup, even though I happen to think Chad Kelly is a better quarterback and people can laugh at that all they want to. I saw all the preseason games and he does a lot of things that Case Keenum doesn't even do. One thing that I am really that I don't like about Case, something that I've noticed, he is just he's very, very poor at recognizing pass rushes. Um, he just, he's very slow to react. And, you know, for someone that's been in the league a number of years that he has been and the experience that he has now, it just bewilders me that he, he's kind of like Osweiler, not to that extent, but doesn't recognize a darn pass rush to throw the ball away or to, to avoid making bad plays, which just surprises me, and especially when you're paying somebody $18 million a year to not make those kind of mistakes. Uh, today, it shouldn't matter that much because, as you guys yeah. say, the Jets are just so bad, it shouldn't matter. It'll be an ugly victory for Denver, somewhere in the 10 to 12-point category. Yeah, and it, that takes us into the next game that's up on board for us. And, and we're going to go over the top of the hour on this one because this one here, it, I, this one's going to be a good game. And, and I'm talking about the Green Bay Packers, who are 2-1-1. One, and one. They go up against the Detroit Lions, who are 1-3 and three on the season. That having been said, I, you know, they're, they're, I, I am right with Matt Patricia. The, the fact that there is, you know, talk about, you know, Matthew Stafford, you know, the criticism of him, you know, it, it is ridiculous. I'm going to tell you Matthew Stafford is a lot of football teams would break their neck to have him on their football team. Now, granted, they're not the teams that have their established quarterback, but there are a lot of football teams I can think of. Arizona would be the first one to break their neck to get Matthew Stafford on that football team. That having been said, you know, there's been a lot of criticism coming out there. Listen, I don't – I think some can be going against coaching. You know, Patricia got the victory, that marquee victory against the New England Patriots, which I actually picked. Um, but really, what have they have? What have they done all year long? They've beaten the New England Patriots. So, you know, that just—that's about it. Uh, Green Bay Packers—they've overcome a lot of adversity. I didn't didn't uh, think there was a lot of things that are going on, but as the time is going by, Cuervo. I think the fact that they are keeping on playing Aaron Rodgers, okay? This, I'm going to tell you right now, this this is a mistake. I, I know, I know, I know. Sonny, wait until they start losing before you start bashing. Listen, they can win all the games in the world, okay? It doesn't mean that it's best for Aaron Rodgers to be out on the football field. Um, their record, 2-1-1. Um, you know, calls for him that, that Rodgers is going to have to play. But the simple fact of the matter is, is that this is a huge game. And the way they stepped up in that huge game against New England, okay, Matt Patricia had that team ready to go. 
something tells me I, I'm going I'm going off the board. I know all everybody's picking Green Bay in this game. But there's something about this game and Matt Patricia, the way that they step up against the big game, you know, maybe this could be the turnaround of that that franchise to be better. I'm not saying they're going to go out and make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl, but they got to turn it around. They they had one good game against New England and it could start the roll going if they could go ahead and get a victory over Green Bay. I'm picking the upset not because I think they're a better football team, not because that that Green Bay can't win this game because they can win this game. Um, but I have a feeling, just a gut feeling, that the Detroit Lions are actually going to show up for this game because it is a marquee game on the schedule, Cuervo. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, that that's, you know, the, the Green Bay Packers, what, what they do is they always show up in the big games. I mean, they, they've won multiple big games throughout the, you know, the years, and you know, as far as this one's concerned, look, I, I, I mean, we've talked we've talked about this many times as far as Aaron Rodgers is concerned and, and you know, the Packers as an organization riding the coattails. Honestly, um, I, I don't think it's fair uh, on Aaron's part for them to do that. Um, I think they need to either start getting him some help around the offensive line or they just need to – find a way to, and, and as crazy as it sounds, um, you know, I mean, do, do they, do they keep him? Well, first of all, actually the better question is, does Aaron stay there if they don't start getting him some help? And I know, I know we, he just signed another contract extension. Look, do you think that really matters in today's NFL? We've yep. seen guys, we we see guys every every year. They every hold year. out. They hold out. They get traded. Uh, you know, they demand a release. They you know all kinds of different things that break that contract. So, in my opinion, I think that contract means you know it means diddly squat. So, um, I think the Packers are really they're really playing with fire, Sonny, as far as. Uh, the the morale of their star, you know, their superstar player in Aaron Rodgers. And and what I mean by playing with fire is getting him the help that it's almost like, it's almost like the situation with LeBron James in the NBA where, you know, he wasn't getting the supporting cast that, that he felt he needed. um, And he decided to take off and we can argue, Sonny, I know we can argue all day about that. Uh, but you know, this is we're we're we're, gonna, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers here. This is this is the NFL. But the point I'm making is, you got a superstar who's getting the coat, you know, getting the coattails ridden by their franchise, uh, not getting the help that he's asking for, uh, getting rid of coaches that that he has good rapport with, and it's really causing. It's causing some problems, and you know, I get you know, right now they're two one and one, and that's great. Uh, but again, you know, you're talking it's the beginning of the season, okay? It's it's we're we're just getting started. Uh, we haven't figured out a lot of teams yet and what they really are, uh, and I think Green Bay is one of the examples. We don't really know who they are yet, um, 
we know Aaron Rodgers. That's the only thing we really know about this football team, Sonny. And, yeah. And, and that's that. It's, and it's been like that for yep. years. So, I mean, it, it's. But I get what you're saying. There's something about the Lions, especially when they're at home uh, against the Green Bay Packers. Um, the one time that they really got, they really got their their hearts broken was that that Hail Mary pass a couple of years ago yes. on that Thursday night game. Other than that, the the Detroit Lions have, have always played against Green Bay very well at home, and I think today will be no different. I think today is going to be a real test for, for Rodgers and to see where his health is at because I think Matt Patricia, being the, the defensive-minded person he is, He's a wounded duck under center on the other side and says, yep. let's go after that. We're going to go after that. Okay? And now, with that being said, though, Sonny, and, and I know we haven't really gotten into this uh, topic, which surprises me, Detroit better be careful how they go after Aaron Rodgers because if they don't do it by the rules, quote-unquote, they're going to get flagged for it, and it could cost them – Opportunities to win this football game, so um, I agree. I would I would caution the Detroit Lions to to just be very careful when you touch little old Aaron. Okay, just be be cautious. Don't hurt him too bad. Yeah, it's going to be a problem for him in reality when you look at those kind of things. I uh, you know because of the i mean that that flag i for you know that flag against tom brady it was a complete and utter joke um uh but that just goes to show how much they're you know interested in protecting the quarterback you know, you know again i am well, not well hold okay, on I, I, go ahead i i i i've got an argue, i've got to argue that one sonny because there was also a play where where andrew luck was made a a, a a New England Patriots sandwich Pancake. Uh, out of yep. Yes, yeah, he got absolutely dem- and I didn't see a flag. No flag. Him. No flag. I mean, you know what play I'm talking about. So yep. is it really Sorry. about protecting the, the quarterback, or is it about protecting oh. certain quarterbacks? A quarterback. Good point. No, I, I'm right there with you, and that I was actually headed right there. And I don't think Matthew Stafford is one of them, but Aaron Rodgers may be. You, 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 you read my mind right there because you know, you know, the, you know the fact that the fact that Andrew Luck, especially coming off of that injury and the way they piled them, that was BS. That 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 was horrible. Um, you know, and but. You know, was there a flag? Not at all. Um, but it's really about protecting the people that make a lot of, you know, you know, a lot of money. You know, it's got to be the money, the reason why those aren't called. Um, you got to be a good enough quarterback to make a lot of money before you get those calls. So, you know, but that having been said, hey, Todd, are you looking at Green Bay and, and the Detroit Lions? What do you got up on this one? Yeah, I agree. Detroit always plays Green Bay really well at home, but the thing is that we're, you know, the thing is that kind of is uh, encouraging for Packer fans is that the Packer defense this year is actually a, a pretty good strength of the team. Or in the past, it hasn't been. Stafford has five interceptions. Clinton Dix has three interceptions. To lead the Packers. Packers have been playing great defense uh, for the most part. 
this entire season. And the thing is, uh, also, T.G. Lang will not be playing. He's a guard for them. Um, Marvin Jones is questionable, although he has an ankle issue. Even if he plays, that's going to kind of hurt their offense a little bit. And, uh, you know, statistically, the Packers are and Lions are both top ten defenses. Um, you know, it actually could be defensive game. The Packers um, rank sixth in the league offensively, but they not necessarily have translated that into a tremendous amount of scoring. They're only averaging 20 yep. points a game, which is, which is average. Um, this actually might be more of a defensive-oriented game, even though you've got two marquee quarterbacks. And I agree with you about uh, Matthew Stafford because I've always thought that he is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Now, you know, he got a lot of, you know, criticism deservedly with that opening game meltdown against the Jets. But he's bounced back pretty well since that time, and he's played for the most part pretty good football uh, since that time. Now, the Packers will miss Randall Cobb today, but they're getting, they're getting it done by committee with Allison and Adams, Devontae Adams uh, in the receiving core. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting game, and, it's, and you're right. Probably what the, the difference is going to be is how the Packer Lions going to hold up against Detroit if they can force Rodgers into making mistakes. And Rodgers is having an incredible season again. He's got over 1,100 yards and seven uh, touchdowns and just one interception. Um, it's going to be a very, very interesting matchup. Um, you know, as I said, Detroit seemingly would, would favor them maybe a little bit in this game is now with Blunt back there running the ball. Uh, the Lions actually have a semblance now of a running game when they have been absolutely awful in recent years in running the ball, which, which, which helps that team. If they run the ball effectively, um, then they'll have a, sh- a good chance to win this game. And I would believe me, I was very, very torn uh, who to go for here in this one. Um, and I worry too, but you can't send Rodgers out at this point. I mean, they're committed to playing him every week, and they just have to trust their line's going to hold up. I mean, the Packers at two one and one, Sonny, are not in a position that they can really afford. I hate to say it to even sit Rodgers out. Maybe earlier in the season, yeah, but they really can't uh, at this. Not the way the even though the Vikings are struggling, uh, the monsters in the midway, the Chicago Bears are now a factor in this division. Um, and as I said, you've got to have – he's going to have to play every week. So uh, they're just going to have to pray that he gets through the rest of the season, uh, you know, unscathed. You know, I would be concerned, too, about the offensive line. But what's interesting to me about this Cocker team is that in the past, as we saw in playoff losses in Atlanta, and, you know, the Packers were like all offense, no defense. They've actually got a really, really good defense – this season. So um, that bodes well for them Um, only because it's Aaron Rodgers. I went with the Packers here, but it's, let me be honest. It definitely can go either way. These teams are very comparable in a lot of statistical categories. Yeah. We were mentioning injuries when this thing went down. Okay. And that was against the Chicago game. They won the game. You know, Chicago had a meltdown. They, they let that game go. They should have won the game. But that's where he was injured. Then coming back against Minnesota, they played to a tie. That's a loss in reality for the Green Bay Packers because of what they did. Now, when they got that tie, you know, if they would have sat Aaron Rodgers, and, and frankly, 
the tie is as good as a loss. I'm sorry it is in it this is. case. Because Washington, they have Washington, Buffalo, and Detroit, and San Francisco next week. If they sat him in that Minnesota Viking game, okay, like they should have, they probably, you know, if, let's just say they won that game. Then they had Washington, Buffalo, and Detroit. Now they play him. They pretty much have to play him against Washington. Washington not only beats them, they blow them up. Um, and they, they, they get a blowout win against Buffalo. This, this was a mistake, and I'm going back to the beginning of the season. They should not have done this. And, you know, it is. It's a gut feeling that I think Detroit's – but the more I'm looking at it and my reasoning is, is that when they played Aaron Rodgers in that Minnesota Viking game and did not get the win – it really put him in the – and it showed. It showed in that Washington game because Aaron Rodgers was not very good in that game. Go back in the box scores, take a look at it. And and forget even the box scores. You've seen that he wasn't 100%. Now, granted, 22 to nothing, they should have blown Buffalo out of the water last week. They didn't. You say whatever you want. Oh, they improved. You know, Buffalo's improved. Hey, listen, Buffalo is Buffalo is Buffalo, Okay. The simple fact of the matter is the Buffalo Bills are not a good football team. They quite possibly are the uh, worst uh, within in what you know within the uh, within the NFL. But, and I hit the wrong. But I'm telling you right now, the 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 Aaron Rodgers that we saw in week number one, you know, before he got hurt, is not the same one that we're getting out here. And it, it's it's going to cost them. And where it's going to cost them is going to be later on in the season because the Green Bay Packers. At the end of this season, they got to play Detroit the last game of the year. They get a cream puff in the Jets in week 16, but they still, they got to beat Atlanta. They got to beat Chicago. They got to beat Minnesota. Say whatever you want about Seattle. They got to beat them. But they got next, after the bye week, they got the Rams and New England coming in. I'm going to tell you right now, they're going to lose those two games. And by the fact that they left them in that game, we get when we get to the bye week and after that week starts, is when we might see the downfall of the Green Bay Packers because Cuervo, your Bears are out of sight. So, looking at this game, who did you pick in this game? Did, I, I, I'm not sure who, based on what you said, who you had in this game. Was it Green Bay, or are you going to go on the line and take Detroit like I did? You're on mute there, Cuervo. Oh, yeah, sorry about that, Sonny. Yeah, I mean, I, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I look at this game and, and I think this really will will define the path that, you know, really both teams take for the rest of the season because if 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 Rodgers can survive this game without any more scathing or any more, uh, uh, I guess, severity to his injury, then I think that the Packers will be able to survive their season. Uh, if not, then, you know, it's time to start looking at the backup. But, you know, and as far as Detroit, you know, you're talking about a first-year head coach, right, who, who's really trying to – he's just trying to make a name for himself. That's all he's trying to do. And yep. what, what, what better way to do that than to get a couple of nice signature victories at home against teams like New England and Green Bay. So that's, that's what I see in both of these teams. And um, – you know, in, in reality, I, I what I would say is that a lot of times the experience will beat the new uh, 
the, the, yeah. the new coaching. But then again, that's what we okay. thought a few weeks ago when when New England was was up in Detroit. So I think today's going to be a little bit different, though. Um, I think you know, Green Bay will find a way to get the job done, and um, but at what cost? You know, that's really the question. At what cost do they win this game? Absolutely. Big, big time. That will be it. So, hey, by the way, we're going to go into break, but, you know, we are separated amongst the four that uh, are picking these games. Myself, Cuervo, uh, Tarvin from Way in Sports Talk, and, of course, Todd. We're only two games different. I'm at 36 and 20. I'm on the bottom of the totem pole. Then Tarvin and Todd are at 37, uh, 36 and 26 and 2 is where I'm at. Tarvin and Todd are at 37-25-2, and, and Cuervo's leading the way, 38-24-2. Uh, so two games separate us uh, on this uh, uh, on the picks so far this year. So And they've been tough, and a lot of games last week, you know, could have went either way. Um, as a lot of ga- there's games that went into overtime last week and things like that. So uh, interesting uh, weeks uh, as far as the picks were concerned, and we're going to continue that. So what we're going to do, we went, like I thought, we were going to go over and we did on the Green Bay uh, Green Bay Detroit game, but that's okay. Uh, we'll take our first quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, we're going to be taking a look at more games that are coming up. How about the Jacksonville Jaguars in Kansas City? Uh, how that will will that that's probably the marquee game of the week? Miami and Cincinnati and New York and Carolina, amongst the others. We'll take that quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. You're listening to that being said. That is our. Sunday morning tradition that continues into our ninth season and our 35th edition. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. 
This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chain Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chain Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chain Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett. Or give them a call at 963-506-4483. Or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. Being taken for a ride? Check out Costco Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costco Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Raleigh Road where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costoinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement failed to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. And welcome back into the Couch Potato Sports Show. We're in our second hour as we look at all the games that are up on board here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, I'm going to mute both of my guys just to let you know there's some background noise in somebody. So I'm just going to put you on mute until I bring you back in. As we are here Sunday morning, again, folks, remember this week, no Rowlett Eagles football. All the Garland ISD is on the bye, but we come back against a good one. As the Wiley Pirates, the Eagles go up in there and take on the Wiley Pirates. This one's going to be a good one. Uh, so two weeks of rest for both teams. It should be interesting to see where it goes. So make sure you join us for that game. That game's on Friday. Pre-game show goes up on Thursday. You can listen to that on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Myself and the 
Eagle Eye, Bill Cerno with the coverage there. That having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. We're going to head into our next game that's up on board here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we cover them all each and every Sunday. It takes us to the game of the week. Probably the marquee game of the week. I was looking at all of them. And, yeah, Minnesota and Philly, that's going to be a good one. There's a couple other ones that might, but marquee, no. Jacksonville Jaguars 3-1 and one, go up against the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs team. And, folks, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to buy into Patrick Mahomes, but you, you, it's kind of hard not to when you look at what Patrick Mahomes has done as a, or a, a rookie. But one thing that there's a couple of things that really worry me about the rookie this week. Number one is that they're getting the Jacksonville Jaguar defense. I mean, say whatever you want about the, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They, they have that defense coming their way. Um, they also had a quarterback who didn't make a lot of mistakes last week. Who, right? What? Blake Borders? Actually played good football? Unfortunately, oh, well, not unfortunate. Fortunately for the, um, the, um, the Jaguars, he did. He played, had a pretty good football uh, game. So a combination going into Kansas City, this is not the easiest place to play when you're out there. But here's the problem with, you know, Patrick Mahomes, who, you know, guess what? As when you look at a lot of things for this football uh, team, as far as Mahomes, the Jaguars, who boast the number one scoring defense at 14, they're only allowing 14 points a game. That That's crazy good. Number one total defense and holding the opponents to only 259 yards uh, total yards. That's total yards, not just for what Patrick Mahomes can throw the football for. But, you know, when I wanted to pick this game, I, I see that defense coming there. But, you know, you look on the other side, you know, Kansas City's not playing the, the worst defense in the league. That's for damn sure. And when you look at Patrick Mahomes and what's going on as uh, Travis Kelsey and Hill, uh, you know, are going to be the main targets for them, you know, you know that's, that's pretty good for him. So, so I like what I'm seeing in Kansas City. And, and I just don't think that the Jacksonville Jaguars offensively have enough to get the job done. And even at that point with Jacksonville holding teams to 14 points, I don't think they're going to hold Patrick Mahomes to that 14-point square, though. And when I'm looking at this game, Blake Bortles, Patrick Mahomes, in reality, I, you know, I'll – I'll just go ahead just for argument's sake. The defenses knock each other out in reality. The better quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it is right now, Sonny. Uh, I mean, I, I, everybody is just uh, in, in, in awe oh. and in love with <laughs> Patrick Mahomes and what he's done so far. And, look, the kid has looked great. You know, I'm not going to sit here and try to make the argument that he hasn't. I would caution people to slow down just because – how many times have we Pump seen the break, where, baby? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's it, exactly because how many times have we seen guys like this come onto the scene? Teams start figuring it out, and then it's like, hey, where did this guy go? Well, he really didn't go anywhere. It's just now teams know how to how to play against him. It, it just like it was just like Colin Kaepernick when when he you know Good point. took over everyone's. Uh, you know the hearts of NFL of the NFL and and you know people were were uh, you know on on their knees for him instead of on his knees doing doing what he was doing to make himself look silly. But 
point is, once teams started figuring out his game and his scheme and his what he likes to do in certain situations, well, slowly but surely, Colin Kaepernick became less and less effective. And I think for Patrick Mahomes, I think we're going to see a vulnerable Patrick Mahomes for the first time today against a very yep. well-disciplined Jacksonville defense, very well-coached Jacksonville defense, and most importantly, a very well-executing Jacksonville defense. Yep. I look at that. I, I, I agree with you 100%, but I'm still not picking them. And the main thing is, is I don't think Patrick Mahomes has to be the Superman that he's been so far this year, Todd. I don't think he has to throw for 400 yards. I don't think he has to throw for five touchdowns. I think he can get the job done with three in reality because I think the Kansas City Chiefs defense can get a hold of Blake Bortles. Not only that, Jacksonville's going into Kansas City. That is a tough place to play. Not only have I been in Arrowhead, I've been outside of Arrowhead looking at it from the hotel room and everything else. And it, 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 it just has an eerie feeling when you walk into the place before you even get there. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's oh or whatever the hell it is. There is something about Arrowhead Stadium that it makes it hard for football teams to play their game. I'm not saying that they've been undefeated there, but Jacksonville doesn't have a quarterback, Todd. They just don't. You can have – hey, listen, even – I. Even I can lose weight for, for two or three months, and guess what? It comes back on. What happens is, is that you are who you are, and that's what Blake Bortles is. You are who you are. If you're Blake Bortles, you're not a good good quarterback there, Todd. I, I mean, I'm all over this Kansas City game, and this was going to be fun to watch, Todd. Oh, well, it would help if I took him off the mute. There you go, Todd. Sorry about that. Okay. Yeah, I don't think there's any noise in here. It is quite as a mouse in my room. But anyway, um, yeah, I I am very torn on this game. I mean, it's not an easy pick. But this is this is kind of what I look at. The Denver Broncos last week had a very good game plan defensively. They threw the kitchen sink at Patrick Mahomes. The, his ability to ad lib and make plays. And there was an article in last week's Sports Illustrated I was reading, and, it, you know, it was an interesting article, and they mentioned it a lot on the game last Monday night, is that Andy Reid has done a masterful job working with the, with the quarterback uh, after series that don't go very well, making in-game adjustments, and they're always on top of everything. They figure out ways and make adjustments. They don't wait till halftime. If there's an issue – uh, they talk about it. He has a very good relationship with the quarterback, and he trusts him. And the fact of the matter is, Andy Reid was masterful last week, and Mahomes was absolutely masterful, and I was sold on Mahomes. If I had any questions about him, I, I, I lost him last week when Mahomes rallied in that hostile environment, and it was hostile. And the way he came yeah. on in the fourth quarter and rallied the Chiefs to win that game because Denver did everything they could to confuse them, they played man up constantly. Um, you know, they they had a rush on him, but he kept at living and made plays of his feet. Um, therein lies the difference. And the thing is, 
you never know what Blake Burles you're going to get. It's one thing to have a flawless performance against the Jets. You know, he had a good game against New England, but how about the game against Tennessee when he was the reason they lost that game? And he was the reason yep. they lost that game, as so many games over the years at home for the Jaguars study, winnable games. All it took was for Bortles to have one stupid drive, and he couldn't even get the job done. And they put up three points in Tennessee. That in lies the reason. And that, that, that stadium today is going, after the win over the Broncos, that place is going to be rocking. I would say yep. rocking. That place is going to be a pit. And the thing is, that home advantage is already worth at least a field goal for Kansas City before we even chip off. You take that into also the consideration that Botnet's not going to play, uh, that the Jaguars still don't really have any receivers that can scare you that much. It's more of a committee situation. The thing is, their only chance I see them having, and one thing, the Jaguars statistically are very, very good defensively. We know that. But they've got some injury issues that they have to deal with, and that could not be in a worse time in a game of this magnitude in their defense. Okay, uh, for one thing, um, Herndon is out. Uh, DJ Hayden, I guess, is out. Um, and and that's, not a, that's not a good formula for success against that quarterback. And the thing is, the only way I can honestly see the Jaguars winning this game well, Hayden is not officially out. He did not practice. But, um, you know, he's still going to be banged up. And if you don't have a full team and coming into this environment, you're going to have difficulty. And I don't trust Blake Boros. The only way I can I see them winning that. this game, the only way I can see them winning this game is if the Jaguars, one thing they have not been great at is actually sacking the quarterback. Campbell leads with three sacks. The thing is, they are going to have to blitz, and they are going to have to just come after Mahomes hard and take their chances. Because if they don't do it and he gets time to find his receivers, he will make the plays. The only chance the Jaguars have, in my opinion, is to let is to have the defense control the game, take over, make take the pressure off of Bortles, give them short fields based on turnovers and, and defense and field position. I don't, I don't trust their offense in comparison to Kansas City's. Now, believe me, no. it's not going to be a slam dunk victory for Kansas City. But the thing I look at is if Denver can do all those things and Mahomes still got it done, uh, why can't he do it again? And plus, Andy Reid is great at in-game adjustments. Um, I, I'm all over this. I, I, I cannot see Jacksonville winning. I, I don't know where it is. I mean, it, it, it just mean, mean the Achilles heel is Blake Bortles. I'm sorry. It, you know, when you, when you when you are the Jaguars in the offseason, you don't do what you're supposed to do, which is go get a real quarterback, and you live off the last two games of a, a, a year, you know, a la, you know, my big good buddy Brian Hoyer. I mean, and he's the second coming. Uh, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars dropped the ball. They should have went out and got a quarterback. You can't depend on what you do at the end of the year against games, game, uh, against teams that are not in contention, have nothing to, nothing to do. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jaguars, you know what? Also, this game here is very vital for them, and the and the main reason is is that when you take a look at this schedule that's headed their way, okay, they got Kansas City this week. 
They got Dallas. Depending on what you think about Houston, I don't know what I think about them. I, I know I'm not impressed, but I know a lot of people are. Then they got Philly. Then you got a, a quarterback in, in Andrew Left, Pittsburgh. You've got five weeks. You get a bye in there, but you've got five weeks of tough football to play uh, before you get the break in Buffalo. And if they have a you know lull in what they do, they are what they do. But we always got to go back to the same question. Is Blake Bortles a good quarterback? I don't quarterback? think so, Tim. I don't think so either, Al. And I'll go ahead and bring in Bryce. Bryce, how you doing, my friend? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How you doing today? Good to see hey, you. What's going on, big dog? So, nothing much, nothing much. Are you talking some Jaguars, Chiefs? Should be an interesting Jaguars, game. Jaguars, I think, though, and, and, you know, I'm getting kind of a – I mean, obviously the Chiefs are a different type of football team. But I don't know. I'm just getting type of a Titans vibe here where I think the Kansas City Chiefs want a piece of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think there is – they don't have that same fear – I think when you listen to Tyreek Hill's words, he, he, you know, there's, there's a little bit of gamesmanship, but I think they're itching their chops. They feel they can move, they can move fast. I feel they don't fear them. I feel they feel they look on that tape and they say, "We see a defense we can attack." And so yep. now, it, can the Kansas City Chiefs defense hold up? They're not very stout, but again, when you're playing against Blake Bortles, if you're disciplined, <laughs> you have a chance to make some plays. So we'll see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cuervo, I mean, I, I like this game. I think it's going to be entertaining. I think we're going to see a lot on red zone. Um, an interest, interesting, uh, you know, game as far as two teams that are kind of stellar, but on both sides of the ball. But Cuervo, there's been trash talking like you wouldn't believe from some of the main players in this game. And the question will be is who will back it up on, on the football field. So when you're looking at this game, who are you picking? Yeah, you know, I, I know I kind of hyped up the Jacksonville defense uh, when we started talking about this one, Sonny. But, uh, look, what Kansas City has done is is really, you know, you know they really, honestly, they haven't really, I wouldn't even say that they've, they've gotten better with Mahomes yep. as opposed to Alex Smith from last year. So, and that's a dangerous, you know, Comment to make because Jackson or, or Kansas City's offense last year was uh, was pretty explosive, and now you add a mobile quarterback in Mahomes that uh, you know that can make a lot of plays. Uh, again, I, I'm not going to get away from what I said though. Give it time, and teams are going to figure out Patrick Mahomes. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to be able to stop Patrick Mahomes because there's a big difference. You can you can know what he's doing all day, but can you stop him? That's going to be the key. You know, yeah. What you and, and Todd brought up a very good point. You know, you, you saw last week in Denver they started figuring out what he was doing, but guess what? They still had a lot of trouble actually stopping him. And, and I think for Jacksonville's defense, I think, uh, you know, they're going to have a, a good solid game plan to really exploit the weaknesses that the Jaguars do have. And yeah, um, I, I think, you know, and I'll say this because of the fact that this game is in, uh, in um, uh, Arrowhead stadium, Okay, that actually is a big part of why I like Kansas City to win this game. If this game was in Jacksonville, I would actually 
I actually think it could play out different, but the fact that it's a road game, look, Jacksonville, uh, we, we've seen them. They, they tend to struggle uh, in big games on the road, uh, and I think that's, that's going to play a factor today. And, and I, think, I think Kansas City will find a way to exploit some weaknesses in the Jaguar defense. Uh, you know, you can talk about numbers all you want. Hey, they're only giving up 14 points a game, which is best in the league. And, you know, that sounds great and all. Um, but go back and look at who they've played. That, that's going to tell Absolutely. you the story so far for the Jaguars. But, um, yeah, uh, and it's going to be interesting. Tyreek Hill versus Jalen Ramsey, look, them two going at each other, the trash talking. I, honestly, I like it because it brings out the competitive fire in these two teams. Yes, it does. I, I, it, it really irks me when people try to try to dismiss, you know, a little bit, a little bit of trash talking. Like, oh, that's so unprofessional. Uh, it's like, oh, come on, you know, I, I, makes the I, game I, great. I mean, I mean it, if you really want to make the NFL the no fun league, then you know, take away the celebrations, take away trash, just take away everything and make everybody a robot. Like, yeah, I, it, let's just take the human it, emotion out of it. I mean, my God. Not only that, Cuervo, how about take the eyes off the game? I mean, with the trash talking, more eyes are going to be on this game. I'm sorry, I mean, because they were doing some serious trash talking all week. So there's going to be more eyes on this game if you're a uh, kind of guy that will sit and watch just one game at a time, unlike me. I just can't do it. Yeah, we've been said to say that to the next game as we are looking at the Mi- I don't have a lot to say about this game because I don't trust the Miami Dolphins, even though they're 3-1. and one. The Cincinnati Bengals are 3-1. and one. I look at the two things in this game, and I don't have a lot to say about it. Although, you know, if you want to fall for that Miami Dolphin Kool-Aid, you can go ahead and do so. Who's the better quarterback? Easy. Who, and who's at home? easy. I, I, I literally did not look at anything in this game at all, Cuervo, except for those two things because of the simple fact that the Miami uh, Dolphins, in my opinion, in reality, are pretenders, Cuervo. Oh, yeah, they most definitely are, Sonny, and New England made sure that everybody knew that last week <laughs> when they when they shellacked them. Uh, I forgot what the score yep. was, but uh, I mean... They they made sure that that everybody Three, knew Miami Miami Miami's a pretender so um, absolutely you know and, and I think we all knew that um, the fact that Miami got off to a hot start um, I know I didn't on the bandwagon and I don't think you did either and nope. so I guess we should pat ourselves on the back for not falling for the for the uh, old you know uh, the old trick of of certain teams being uh, better than what they actually are, and you know, and today they get a good test in in Cincinnati on the road. Um, you know, them them coming off a nice win on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, that really, I think, was a huge step in, in the right direction for yep. for for really for Andy Dalton. You know, I, we can we talk about the team all you want, but I think that that was important for Andy Dalton. He needed that in his career. And and I know it was only week four of the regular season, but look, he's been criticized, you know, every year for not showing up when it matters in games. And you know what? Last week I'll be damned. He showed, he showed up when he needed to last week. So yep. I, I think the little things like that, 
Sonny, what can propel something bigger later on in the season? And, and who knows? If the Bengals wind up making the playoffs and they actually get a playoff win, we could be, we could go back and we could talk about this game last week, being on the road, finding a way to beat the Falcons, and, and really boosting the confidence of Andy Dalton. So while it was important for the team, I think bigger picture, I think Andy Dalton needed it for himself personally. Yeah, and, you know, the shellacking really just really put Miami Dolphins where I always thought they were. That having been said, you know, Todd, this game coming up, if the Miami Dolphins somehow get this game in their back pocket, um, I think this is actually a good win for them and where they will move forward because the Dolphins haven't been 4-1 since 2003. So you're looking at some of those numbers. Ryan Tannehill, 10-2 and in his last 12 starts. I mean, you know, that, that matches uh, Carson Wentz from Philadelphia and Jared Goff, okay? So you, you're looking at that. Miami, you know, if you like the history, they hold the series lead over Cincinnati. Tannehill is 2-1 and one against them. Andy Dalton, um, you know, won the last meeting 22-7 two years ago. That's for folks that like history. But here's the problem. When I look at the Cincinnati Bengals and I look at Miami, both of these football teams have never played up to their potential. They just happen to be playing each other uh, this weekend. The Dolphins averaging 25 points a game. You know, the simple fact of the matter is I don't think that's going to be enough for them this week, uh, and I don't see them scoring even more than that 25 points, Todd. Well, defensively is part of the reason. If you look at the Dolphins – and they're not going to have Cameron Wake this week, and that doesn't help. But the reality is they're the, Dolphins, the Dolphins still offensively are 29th in the National Football League. They cannot run the ball worth garbage. Uh, neither one of their running backs is very good. I mean, their league rush has got like 140 yards. Frank Gore, come on. You're not, you know, even though the Bengals' defense isn't that great, it's not been that bad either. And the thing is, is that um, Andy Dalton, even though he has six interceptions, um, he's making an awful lot of plays this season. And, you know, I don't know how the Bengals are going to end up this season because, uh, like you, I, I, I've never understood how Marvin Lewis has kept the job that long. But Mike Brown loves the guy, I guess. He likes to say – so the city of Cincinnati, and it goes this way with their baseball team too, they like comfort. They, they don't like to go ahead and make any uh, changes or take any risk. And, you know, the thing is the Bengals – uh, we all kind of wrote them off this year. And, again, I don't know where they're ultimately going to finish. But in a, in a game like this, um, I honestly, I could not, I just could not take Ryan Tannehill over Andy Dalton for numerous reasons. And we saw the real Miami last week. They got, it was 38-7, to by the way, uh, yeah. that game against the New England Patriots. Um, and the and Dolphins, I think they let up, too. Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins are pretty good. In, in in giving up on the on the rush, they're one of the better teams in rushing uh, yardage per carries defensively. But again, the Bengals, uh, I guess Mixon's back this week. I think he's playing, which is a big boost. Um, the Bengals just have too many, you know, weapons. Even though Eifert's out, you know, they they have too many weapons. I think, uh, t- you know, for the Dolphins here in this game, and and not having Wake is going to hurt, and this is a part of the schedule where the Dolphins 
come back to earth. I think the Bengals are on a pretty good roll. They're feeling good about themselves. They have some good wins. They were very impressive against Baltimore. We see how good Baltimore is. And they went into Atlanta last week and won a shootout. So I, I really I really like the Bengals team um, right now in this matchup. Boyd and Green have been playing very well. Um, and that's another thing that Miami doesn't have a player like A.J. Green. So you add all these things up. Um, I, I think that the Dolphins come back to even more this week. I actually like the Bengals to win this game fairly handily, honestly. And what I mean yeah. by handily, at least a touchdown. I would be yeah. very surprised if Miami stays in this game for 60 minutes. Um, you know, the bottom line is Ryan Tannehill is not going to beat you on the road throwing the football. And if you can't run the ball, what, what do you have? And the Dolphins cannot run the ball. They don't. No. And Look at them. They, they, they've, got a, they've got a huge problem. Now, for a shiny new dime, okay, I, I, I had to look it up. And, and so I'm going to give Cuervo, and both of your mics are on, and whoever gets, the, gets this answer right will get a shiny new dime, okay? Right now, off the top of your head, name one wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. Go for it. Devontae Parker. Well, that yeah, took a while. Did you have to think very hard for that one? <laughs> I did for a second because Jarvis Landry isn't a Dolphin anymore, so I did. Exactly. My, I went to, I went to Landry once. Yeah. That's right. He's in Kansas City, or he's in uh, Cleveland, for God's sake. Kenny Stills leads the team with 29 touchdown recept or uh, uh, 29 touchdown receptions um, through uh, through Tannehill. Um, but take away from that, you know, I, I had to think. I had to think extremely hard, and then I said, "Screw it! I, it, it where's Google?" Um, so yeah, that, that's that's where I was at, and it, it, that, that right there should tell you something too. Uh, but that takes us into our next game that's up on tap here on the Capitals Sports Show. If you want to talk about a game I have no interest in talking about? Is the one that we're going to talk about here for a few short seconds. New Tennessee. York Giants one and three. Okay. The New York Giants one and three. Carolina two and one. The Giants are done. Okay, the, and, and and the love affair that this football team next year the starting quarterback is going to be Eli Manning, and they will be done by the fifth game as well. Here we go. <laughs> you know, I, I you know you've got the word. I'm, I'm sorry, he's a bad quarterback. Period, and everybody that has a love affair with with him is still in the drunk hangover from two lucky touchdown catches and Super Bowl wins. Because if it wasn't for two passes and one in each one of those games, they wouldn't have the Super Bowl. So I don't even want to hear it. Um, simple fact of the matter is Cuervo. You know, you know, we thought it was bad last week. The Giants, the Giants are going to get eaten alive here today. Uh, in Carolina, and they're going to make Cam Newton look like a real good quarterback. And I'll just throw it out there, Cam Newton is not a good quarterback. And when I say that, I know what people are going to say. No, no, no. Stephen, I know. But Cam Newton is not a good quarterback, NFL quarterback. If it was, they would be a much better than what they are. So that having been said, Cuervo, Giants, Panthers, anything really to say? Or am I just out in left field and I don't have a clue, which could be the possibility? 
Well, Sonny, I think you're in shallow left field when it comes to saying that Cam Newton's a bad quarterback or that he's not good. Okay, he's hey, look, he's not the best. All right, he's he's not the best. But when I say that he's not good, I can't go that far. I can't say that. I think I think Cam brings a lot of good qualities, and, and and I think. I don't know if Bryce is still on the line. We talked about this, nope. I think, last month when the, when the season started. Look, everybody's it's easy to point the finger at Cam, okay? And, and everybody does. Yes. Now, now I'm gonna flip. Um, now I'm gonna flip the question to you, Sonny. Off the top of your head, name one wide receiver on the Carolina Panthers squad. <clears throat> no, I I don't know any of them. But you see what I'm saying? Because the first name, the first name I thought of was Luke Keekly. <laughs> well, well, I tell you, I tell you, with Greg Olson now putting him at tight end may not be the worst idea. But anyway, um, look, it's, it's the same. It's the same concept. All right. You know, as much as as much as the argue, uh, the argument that you made about Ryan Tannehill, we don't know any of his wide receivers. It's the same thing with Cam Newton. Greg Olson is out, okay? Steve Smith is retired. We don't know – I mean, who is it? Devin Funches, I think, is their number one receiver now. Funches, um, yeah. Yeah, I so, I mean, him. Uh, people that watch – yeah, people that people that thoroughly watch football know who that is. The casual yeah. fan has no clue, no idea who the heck that is. Uh, so, the, the point I'm making is – it's the same thing that Bryce and I, you know, well, we were talking about with Bryce at the beginning of the year. Cam doesn't have the support he truly needs to be the quarterback that he can be and and play to his full potential uh, because he just doesn't have anybody to throw the football to. That's just like the same argument I made for Kirk Cousins when he was still in Washington. He had nobody to throw the ball to, and now – I mean, you see, I look. He's he not lighting sucks. it up. He's not lighting it up. But I still think I, I, I look. Cousins is not. Go look at the numbers, Sonny. It's not as bad as you think it is. I think you're just a Cousins hater. Just admit it. You are a Cousins hater. I'm hater. a hater. I'm a hater. I don't believe. I don't believe. You don't like that, do you, Sonny? You don't like I that. don't like him. I don't believe. I do not believe in him. Oh, I was on mute. I was I was having a lot of fun with you. I was sorry. I was actually on mute. I don't believe. I don't like him. I don't believe. And the reason why I don't believe and it's real simple. It, it you know it, it's not the fact that I hate him. Okay, okay, I hate him. But it, it, I'm gonna tell you what did it for me. Okay, Cuervo. I want to tell you what did it for me. And a lot of people really loved this thing, but I'm going to tell you right now. Can we talk? When he came out and said, hi, you like that. And then that guy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He he doesn't impress me. Okay, no, he's not. And I'm going to tell you the reason why Cam Newton is not a good quarterback. Okay? You cannot put him in an elite status. That's number one. And when you think about guys, who are the elite? The Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. What do they all do? And we've talked about it on this show. They make names out of nobodies. And here's the problem with Cam Newton. He is not interested in that. 
He's interested in keeping the name for himself. And I'm going to say it. He's the most selfish player at the quarterback position in the NFL, and they will not be successful until he loses that mentality. Yeah, I said it. I don't care. Because the simple fact of the matter is this guy's been blown up over almost so much hype over his career, and he cannot do the basic thing that great quarterbacks do, which is make names for somebody. If you think that Funches is a daily name, go ahead. But I'm going to tell you right now, Peyton and Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and, and you know Aaron Rodgers make you know mediocre wide receivers into superstars. That's just what they do. And Cam Newton, because he does that, will not be a good quarterback. Yeah. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he is that guy. And I know people are getting all I know I'm hearing it. So but this game here, you know, they get the New York Giants, they get the worst quarter quite possibly one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, I said it too. And they're gonna they're gonna roll the Giants. Now, I'm gonna give Todd the floor because I know he's got an opinion. Uh, so I'm gonna give the Todd the floor. He kind of commenting because I don't think he's got a lot to say about this game either. I think this one's easy pickings. Go ahead, Todd. I'll tell you right now, these two games that wrap up our one o'clock Eastern schedules. This game and the Tennessee game. You gotta be in agony unless if you're in the whole markets of these teams, especially New York, to watch these teams play. These are gonna be garbagey games, in my opinion. This this game yep. and I agree with you about Cam Newton. And honestly, Sonny, I'll be honest with you, I think Ron Rivera, the coach of Carolina, and I, I'm very perceptive. I read body language. He I, I would bet you that if it was up to him, Cam Newton wouldn't even be his quarterback. I, I think I he's stuck with him. He is stuck with him. He's not his kind of player. His mannerisms and his little, yeah, yeah, you know, in your face and, oh, I made a big play, look at me. It's always about Cam Newton, dude. It's always about him. It, it, it's, it's a tiresome so act. It's a tiresome act. And the reality is Cam Newton is no better now than he was. Boy, I respect his running ability. I, you know, and the thing is, they designed an offense to take advantage of that, although he's not really running the ball that much right now. This game is going to be for absolute diehards of these two teams. What Carolina has yeah. the advantage with is McCaffrey has run the ball so well, and they're the number one rushing team in the league. Uh, the Giants have been absolutely dismal. Barkley has been okay. But you take away about three or four big runs he's had, he hasn't really done much, which is an indictment of that offensive line. I can't stand watching Eli Manning week to week. I, I, I think I'm watching a robot. Like, like a robot. And, you know, does he have a pulse? Does he have a motion? Is he alive? And I, I, I'm just, it, it's, it's a tiresome act. And you're right. When are they ever going to pull the cord with him? This was the year to do it. They brought in a new coach. They had they were rebuilding. They had to bring in another quarterback. What are the Giants going to be able to do in this game? This is going to be a garbage game. Frankly, both teams have lousy offenses. Mm-hmm. Carolina, Carolina's advantage is defensively. You know they're okay, uh, but you know as I say, it's going to be 
your typical low-scoring, grind-out, boring, lack of entertainment game unless we get lucky and Barkley breaks a run. But it'll probably be like 20-10 Carolina, uh, a typical home victory for the Panthers, and that's all I got on this. And, and, and listen, this is real – hey, Cuervo, you get to finally say Sonny's right about something because I'm telling you, he didn't come out and say it in the exact words Sonny said, but oh, how about how about ODJ? Just a little bit sick and tired of his quarterback. How about that? He comes out and says we got to play with more heart. And if that's not an indictment on your quarterback, I don't know what is, Cuervo. I'm telling you, I, listen, Odell Beckham Jr. does not want Eli Manning as his quarterback, period. He does it because even Odell Beckham thinks he sucks, Cuervo. Yeah, I mean, I, I was really surprised by the comments, uh, you know, that, that Odell made. You know, I mean, I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying that I'm surprised it came from from him at this time. You know, I, I guess maybe the timing of it was was a little unexpected. Um, but you know what? I mean, look, you know, the, the Giants are struggling, and I think that uh, you know he uh, you know he's obviously frustrated. You know, he, I mean, he's he's obviously about winning, and that's and that's great. You know, everybody. I know. I know. He's got his critics out there, people that don't like him for the I don't for his like attitude. Him. But, but you know, he he's obviously he cares about winning, and and I think that that's true. That's what you want. That's what you want from your players. Um, same thing with a Des Bryant, you know, and and people called it him running his mouth, and 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 I get it. You know what I mean, like. But at the end of the day, these guys they they, they care about winning. Um, how they how they send the message is, is really important. But um, you know that that's what what Odell he's about. He's about winning games and and you know maybe maybe this is what the Giants needed a little bit of public criticism to really get them going. Now, it, but it could work the other way too, though, Sonny. It could be something that really separates the locker room, causes a lot of of um, friction and a lot of, uh, you know, problems, you know, within the locker room and it starts separating the locker room. So, honestly, it, it, it's hard to say what Giants team is going to show up today because either Odell saying what he said is either going to bring these guys together or it's going to tear them apart even more than what they are now. It's really it, it, it good. It, it, the thing is, is that I'm not for one guy taking taking apart a locker room. I, I'm uh, so so against that. But we're talking about the Giants here, okay? They don't have a. And the, basically, this is also a simple thing. Your leader of your team cannot cannot be Odell Beckham Jr. It just can't be. And, I, you know, and the main reason is, is that his mouth runs too much. Normally that quarterback needs to be the one to stand up and be the superstar, be the leader of the team. Eli Manning, he, Eli Manning's not even a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. 
So how can he be a leader of a football team? It's obviously not him. It, it, but here's the thing. It can't be Odell Beckham Jr. either. It has to be somebody else. It cannot be that guy leading your football team. You know, it, it's pretty sad. And and this game, everybody's on Carolina. Um, we, I could I could rip on the New York Giants all day long, but we don't have time. So that means we go to the next game. We talked about I you know, the Tennessee Titans have been getting lucky and getting some victories. You know, Mar- Mariota, you know, in reality, you know, missed that one game. Uh, he's not 100% because he's wearing this special glove or whatever the hell it is. Um, but, hell, I think even even with Blaine Gabbert at the quarterback position, the Tennessee Titans can beat the Buffalo Bills, Todd. You know what? When you guys were asking the question, name a receiver on the Titans. <laughs> I mean, exactly. A, a bunch of no names. The thing is, this 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 is going to be Boresville. I mean, the Titans are a hard team to read. You know, they yeah. come, they they have the big performances at home. They step it up last week. They convert a critical fourth down after Philadelphia scores in overtime, and they come back. And Mariota makes the play, and they win the game, and throws the touchdown pass, and they win. But this team is just such an enigma because they're just as likely at a game like this to go into Buffalo and stink up the joint. So, oh yeah, absolutely. I don't really, I don't trust them at all. And the thing is, if the Bills are just a little better of an offense, and Josh Allen had a little bit more experience, I I would probably pick Buffalo. Um, and I, I tell you quite truthfully, even though I am picking Tennessee, uh, I will not be surprised if Buffalo actually wins this game because these are the kind of games that the Titans lose just to keep them as a middle-of-the-ground team because they have the potential. I mean, they have 12 sacks on the year. Defensively, they're a solid football team, but and they run the ball by committee. It's not so much individuals. It's, it's the committee that they do enough effectively – I don't know if Mariota is still 100%. Um, and, you know, this this may be one game that, you know, you could win with Blaine Gabbard. But, you know, obviously Tennessee needs the, needs this game. They're 3-1. and one. A victory yeah. would be huge for them to go to 4-1. and one. But the Bills are dead last in passing. They don't run the ball very well. Um, they're really not a lot of things they do well, period. And that, that's why. But it's going to still be an ugly, ugly game. They may come down to a field goal, like a 16-13 to 13 score, but either team could win this game. And as I said, uh, Tennessee doesn't really scare me, and they're the kind of team that could have a letdown after winning against Philadelphia last week. If only the Bills, Sonny, had a little bit better offense uh, a team, then I would be I, – I probably would pick the Bills actually to win this game. I didn't, but I, I was torn because, um, you know, I don't think Mariota's 100%. Um, and they don't really have a lot of offensive weapons that scare me, but they did enough last week against Philadelphia. But they're a Jekyll and Hyde team, but we know that. I mean, at home, they're a different animal. On the road, they have a lot of problems, although they, they did score that 6-3 win over Bortels and the Jaguars. Um, so they are coming off a road win. But anyway, ugly, ugly game, low-scoring game, very boring, and I'm sure – We'll probably see this on red zone the least this morning. Uh, I'll go with Tennessee, but uh, flip a coin. Cuervo, who you got in this one? 
Yeah, you know, this, this one's this one's got me a little puzzled too, Sonny. I mean, I, I I can see both scenarios playing out in my head, and and I don't know if that's just me just thinking of every single possibility, but um, I, I'm going to go with Tennessee just because I think they're they're playing with some confidence now after getting a yeah. nice win over the Eagles. Uh, Rabel. So I, I think, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Rabel's doing a good job so far. Uh, as the first-year head coach. And, yeah. um, and if you get wins like that, Cuervo, I mean, you're talking about these games in a rookie quarter, uh, a rookie head coach, and you get – and the reason why they got those wins is Rabel. It's not because they're a good football team. It's because situational uh, quarter, uh, situational spots in the game, Rabel's experience, they believe in them, um, and they're, they're getting the job done – against teams that are not good football teams. And that's if you're going to be a good football team, you you beat teams like Buffalo Bills. Okay? And you're supposed I, to. You, yep. you, you're supposed to. Uh, and if you're Tennessee, though, you know, when, when you are lined up week, week after week, okay, and, and let's be honest, they, they haven't been worth a damn in a long time uh, as far as being consistent and everything. But when you got a new when you have a new coach and you have new players and you got some guys who are injured and some are not, you know, you're you're supposed to you're supposed to beat teams. But here's the thing: they beat Jacksonville, they beat Philadelphia, and I'm sorry, they had no business beating those two teams. Period, because they're not that good. But that's what Vrabel brings to this team is a belief in themselves. So once they get that belief, then they can become a good football team. Okay, the better team is obviously Buffalo, but then they get to come to Jesus the next three weeks after four weeks. Actually, they got Buffalo, they got uh, the Chargers, the Dallas Cowboys, and then the um, New England New England Patriots. So. You know, this is a game they should win, and if they can steal one, maybe even two of those of those next four that are going up, we're going to be talking about the Tennessee Titans, you know, and and the AFC South. It's going to be a very interesting division in football because it just depends on what you think Indianapolis and Houston will do for the rest of the season and or Jacksonville. This is standing up to be a really good division of football to watch. So we'll continue to see what we can see in that. We're all on Tennessee. Thank goodness, though, I don't feel like a complete idiot. And then we go to a 1-3 and three Oakland Raiders team. who be lucky to get the victory last week. Sorry. They got the rest on their side. Chucky must have handed someone a $100 bill on the football field. But they get the Chargers. And the Chargers are going to destroy this football team today. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. And this comes from a Todd statement that I didn't even know he said, Philip Rivers said a couple of weeks ago he should have threw for 600 yards and because of the defense that they were looking at. The Oakland Raiders' defense are not much better than what they were looking at at that game. And, and I expect Philip Rivers to have a big game. So, Todd, you're the one that came up with the quote because I didn't see it. You found it. I, I, don't, you know, I don't see how Oakland wins this football game. They were lucky to get the victory against the Cleveland Browns. Well, they were, and I mean, and it, 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 it makes it very misleading because you know now the Raiders are up top, the top five in all these categories offensively because of one game, yep. which means it tells you statistics. Really, there's lies, and then there's statistics. Uh, and the thing is, is that 
I still don't think the Raiders are, are a very good football team. I don't care. They were extremely fortunate uh, to win that game last week. Um, and as I say, you talk about milking somebody. You know how we talk about the Giants milking Eli Manning. The Raiders milk Marshawn Lynch like he's he's it. He's the only running back there is in the world. Uh, he shouldn't be on that team anymore. He has a lousy attitude. I mean, a yeah. lousy attitude, especially when things don't go well. He goes on the bench, he starts pouting. So the thing is, I think, honestly, the Chargers had a tougher game last week, Sonny. I didn't have internet last week, so I was forced to watch the whole game. And I will be honest with you, uh, we criticized C.J. Beathard. He played a damn good game. He actually did. I'm telling you, he did. C.J. Beathard played very, very well. It's just that the pass rush of the Chargers just got to him, and they beat him into the ground. And the thing is, uh, we'll get to that later because I'm not getting to the Niners. I'm just talking about it because the Charger defense was pretty ferocious in their physicality and the way they beat down on Beathard last week in the stretch of that game. But the thing about it is I think the Chargers know, look, they have to win. They're, they're sitting at this at 2-2. Two and two. The Chiefs are already 4-0. We're picking the Chiefs to win the day. If the Chargers don't win the division, they need a game like this. They have to win this game to at least keep the wild card hope alive and to stay yep. in any kind of a semblance in the division race. Remember, they've already lost once to Kansas City already. So the, they, they cannot afford any slip-ups. And I agree with you. I think they're going to absolutely smash the, the Raiders here because Philip Rivers is still producing at a very high rate. You know, Cook and Nelson will give them some problems uh, a little bit. You know, for, but I, this is one of those games, and I honestly think as the game wears on, the Chargers are actually going to wear them down. I've seen the Raiders play the last time they were in Carson, and it was a similar thing in which, you know, the Raiders stayed close for a while, and then they just, you know, ultimately they just could not win. Rivers is really playing well. I mean, he's got 11 TDs on the season and just the two interceptions. So the thing is, is that even though the Charger defense has not been that great, they still bring a lot more to the table and pass rushing and everything else. Their offense is clicking. Keenan Allen is back. Um, you know, they look pretty good. Um, I, I definitely agree with you, Sonny. I think the Chargers have a pretty big performance. They're not going to fall behind 14 to nothing. The Niners caught them off guard last week. Uh, I don't see yeah. that happening this week. Um, this is going to be a big victory, and Chucky's going to drop the one and four. Yeah, and, but here's one thing. You know, listen, it's not like the Chargers haven't dropped back in games that they probably shouldn't have dropped back behind in. They do that all the time, Cuervo. This is a, you want to talk about a team that can't get out of its way sometimes? The Chargers are that football team. That having been said, of course, though, when you look into what uh, Phillip Rivers is doing so far this season, you know, the, the numbers are not lying. The problem is, is where is it going to happen is on the defensive side of the ball. The problem for the Raiders is is that they're not doing anything offensively enough to write home to mama about. So, you know, Derek Carr, yeah, has a good game here and there everywhere. You want to talk about a guy that's really kind of fall from grace is Derek Carr of the Oakland Raiders because he is not putting up the numbers that his contract says he should be putting up Cuervo in reality. Let me see. Did I lose Cuervo? Hey, you're on mute, Cuervo. 
I just lost Guillermo. So um, he, he, I think he's might get, he's probably getting a high and tight done. But uh, you know, we'll we'll get his pick when we come back. But just not a lot to say about this game in reality as far as where things are. So hopefully we'll bring it back. Another game that you know. Oh, speaking of that, you know, I just looked at the something and it is time. We're gonna have to take a quick break and when we get back. Hold on, Dare Squarevo. Before we do it, Squarevo, we got you back. Go ahead. Yeah, Sonny, I lost you guys for a minute, so are are we still talking? Um, what was the last Chargers. thing we were talking about here? Chargers. We're on Char- okay. Chargers so, Oakland. Yeah, so sorry about that little technical difficulty, but uh, I got you guys back, um, and I like the Chargers to win today. I, I just think that the Chargers um, are, uh, uh, you know, are really playing on just about all cylinders. Look, I know that, that it, it didn't look too great last week, all right? It didn't. But uh, but I, I think you know if there's any team out there that's able to bounce back from from you know rough game it, it is the Chargers they have the talent they can they've got the quarterback and I fully expect them to bounce back against a Raiders team that well let's be honest they struggled to beat the Cleveland yeah. Browns they had to go to overtime. To beat the Cleveland they had to Browns. Give, they, had to give a, they had to give a referee to overturn something in order for them to win that game. Yeah. And I'm still trying to figure out what in the grass means, by the way. It has to do with <laughs> Derek Carr. Okay? It, it, it's, it's something similar to uh, uh, the tuck rule. Uh, but I don't know the actual definition of what. I'll just look it up, Sonny. I, I, I'm still trying to figure it out. Anyways, point yeah. is... You know, Raiders are not very good. I don't, I'm nope. gonna tell you guys that this this whopping ten year hundred million dollar contract that John Gruden got, I'd be I'd be shocked if he lasts through half of it. Yeah, I, I'm telling you right now, I will be shocked Cuervo. if he lasts through half of it. How about five years, 120? How about how about hundred? How about a five year contract, 125 million dollars for your quarterback? I mean, Cuervo, you know, this guy's obviously, first of all, not living up to that number. It's period, you know, that period marked that, you know, as much as it, and and supposedly Gruden is the quarterback guru. He he is the quarterback whisperer of the NFL, and he can't even get his quarterback (laughs) to play well. I'm sorry. It's pretty sad when when you have a situation where you, you made moves that were noteworthy, in one place only, and that is on the front page of the local newspaper. You know, John Gruden, great signing, great. We can talk about the Oakland Raiders. Now they're moving to Vegas. Now we can talk about that for a while. But guess what? No one's talking about the football team when they hit the football field, and that's one of the problems that they are and one of the problems that they have, and it's going to be something that they'll look forward. Now, Quaver, you can go ahead and go on your break because we do have to get in our second second, um, uh, messages out there so we'll do that we'll be back in five minutes we're going to take that quick break here on the couch potato sports show when we come back we'll finish up the rest of sunday's game this is sunny clark radio voice of your rowlett eagles letting you know about baggies web solution do you need a website but not sure where to start baggies will listen to your needs find out what's important to you and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed so call baggies web solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies 47.com baggies web solution simple local perfect 
This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your outlet at Eagles, letting you know about Baggy's Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggy's Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggy's Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggy's Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunday Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat, and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors, plus two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend Michael Smith of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation. Restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about perfection body sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting located in the heart of Rowlett. 
A $69 initial consolation fee includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact Tammy at 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. We're back on the Sunday morning tradition that continues into the ninth season, our 32nd episode. It is that being said, here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, lots of good stuff we're talking about. We are talking about the games that are up on board here on this Sunday. We got a few more games to get through. Actually, we got, now that I look at it, one, two, three, four. Five more games to get through here in this final 45 minutes. That means we are going to pop them off fairly quick. So that having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. We're going to get back right into what's going on. Again, folks that are listening, we do not have Rowlett Eagle football this week. So make sure that you're aware of that so you're not hanging out. So that having been said, let's head into the next game that's here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And, and and guys, we got some good games to talk about really quick that we can get through, and this is one. Arizona, San Francisco. You know, I pulled out the I, I pulled out the um, the uh, couch potato quarter, but then I put it away. I just went with the home team. What Todd said a little bit uh, about the quarterback position uh, over for the 49ers. He's not the best in the world, uh, but he you know actually put up some good numbers. And I'm talking about Barthed. Um, as far as that was concerned, Arizona just really doesn't have much going for them, Cuervo, and they're they're in a bad state in reality. When you're talking about their 0 and 4 and San Francisco 1 and 3, this is the bottom of the NFC West. Cuervo, you're on mute. I am, Sonia. I apologize for that. I was letting you finish your statement, but. Uh... Yeah, you know, another another uh, interesting matchup here, division game. You know, uh, uh, San Fran, look, Sonny, I, I don't know about you, but I could not believe how good Beathard looked for the 49ers last oh, yeah. week. Yeah. I was, I was baffled. I, I, I'm trying to think of a word to, to describe it, but I was shocked. I mean, but then I learned that, I guess him and uh, the tight end Kittles for the San Francisco 49ers played in college together at Iowa. So there's a little bit of a, a rapport there. There's a chemistry there, which is something that the 49ers need because, let's face yes. it, losing Garoppolo was devastating, okay? That that really was a, uh, the biggest blow that they could that they could take, and, and unfortunately they took it. Um, you know, for Arizona, I mean, look, Rosen – Look, eh, that's how I'll describe Josh Rosen right now. He's eh, yeah. I don't know. Five yet. drop passes, though. He would have had 300 yards, <clears throat> though, Claire, though. Yeah, you know, I mean, your, your receiver's got to help you out. You're right. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, you know, I, I I don't know if I want to Fall for it? The pick that, yeah, it's. It, <laughs> Well, I mean, you're talking about things on both sides that you can fall for, really. <clears throat> you can either true. you can either talk about you know talk about Beathard, um, you know, making the 49ers somewhat competitive, or you could talk about Josh Rosen and 
you know, him being a guy that, that, oh, you know, just give him a couple more weeks and he'll get there. Well, they're 0-4 right now. I, I, there's not much more time before the, the Arizona not, Cardinals yeah. start getting mathematically out of the equation for the playoffs. So Not much to get uh, there for. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So, um, But I'll tell you, I mean, again, last week I, I didn't expect them to hang with the Chargers for – for more than just the first quarter. But the fact that, that, you know, they had to fight tooth and nail with, with the, with them to get that win, the chargers I'm talking about really spoke a lot about the character of this 49ers ball club that look, yeah, hey, yeah. we lost our quarterback, but that, but that's not going to, that's not going to stop us. That's not going to define our season. We're going to continue to play hard. We're going to try and get, go out there and we're going to try and win some football games and, and, you know they fell short a little bit uh, last week, but I think to, I think today, um, I think I think it'll it'll come together. I actually, think, I think I like San Francisco, Sonny. Yeah, I I like San Francisco again. The Arizona Cardinals don't have a lot that's up on top of it. Go ahead, Todd. <clears throat> you know, Sonny, the thing is, I actually having watched Josh Rosen here at UCLA where I live. I really do think he's going to be in time a quality quarterback. I believe in him. I do. However, um, at this particular point, he's in a, a no-win situation. First of all, I think his coach is a lousy play caller. Secondly, uh, last week at, a, at the end of a game on a fourth and five, they run the ball and they get stopped. And he did. You made a point about receivers dropping passes. That was a major issue last week. But the thing is, is Larry Fitzgerald alive anymore? He's done absolutely nothing. I think his 36 years of age is starting to show. And if you don't have him as your go-to guy, what what are you going to do at at this particular point? You're looking at a team that's dead last in offense. They have a lousy line, second to last in passing, second to last in rushing. At least the Niners have a a capable running game with Brita, who's running the ball pretty well. And, I I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, and you made a great point. Despite losing Jimmy G., the Niners last week, and I watched the whole game, they, the players were fired up. They actually put up a good, solid performance. And I give Shanahan a, a lot of credit for getting his team up. The Niners actually believed they could win that game, and they almost did. Yeah, they, they had did. a chance. I they were, agree. They were in larger territory down two points, but Bethard took a big sack that knocked them out of field goal range. But it was a game the Niners actually could have won. The thing is, we criticize C.J. Beathard. The thing is, he's, I would take him over Brian Horner or Blake Gabbard if you had a comparison for backup quarterbacks. I mean, C.J. Beathard's pretty intelligent. Uh, his, the experience that he does have, even though it is limited, he's a pretty smart quarterback. I really believe that's going to be the difference in this game. And, um, the, and the game's at home. Now, if this game was in Arizona, uh, I probably would pick the Cardinals to win, to be honest with you. But the, the, the difference here is the fact that Beathard has a little more experience in this system, and I think the Niners, they're not going to win maybe more than two or three more games, but I, I can honestly see this is going to be one of them. This is not really a lot for me to analyze in this game, honestly. Um, I don't see, you know, Arizona's going to have a lot of problems, but you might as well play Rosen now because you got to give him the experience, and I actually believe he's going to be a good quarterback, whether I'm right or not time will tell. But in this spot, 
it's it's still too overwhelming. I'm picking San Francisco. And that takes us into the next game that I don't have a lot to talk about. And normally we would if they had a real defense. But the, the Rams are, it, it just, I'm sorry, they're just the class of the division at 4-0. Uh, they're they're going to win this division, no problem. Um, so that having been said, they get Seattle. And Seattle just really doesn't have anything going on right now, Cuervo. They're 2-2, two and two, yeah, at you know at 50%. But no other team in this division is going to make the playoffs. There's too many other good teams that will be going after the wild card. So, you know, they're just going through the motions right now. And here's the thing, Cuervo, the Rams don't even have to play a good game. Jared, well, doesn't even have to be great this week to get the victory. This one was easy. It took me. I saw the names and it was you know a quick pick. Um, and even though they're in Seattle, home of the twelfth man, uh, they need about four other guys um, on the uh, you know for the and make it a sixteenth man. It still wouldn't help. Yeah, Sonny. I mean, yeah, I tell you. The, the Rams, uh, like you said, you know, they're firing on, on all cylinders, really. Um, I don't see actually stop them. Um, Especially Seattle. Can you hear me, Sonny? Yeah, now I got you back. Okay, yeah, sorry about that. My, my head, my, my Bluetooth headset actually died on me just now. But anyways... Um, I don't really, I mean, the Rams are firing on all cylinders. I don't see a lot of teams that can really stop them. Um, you know, I, I expected, um, you know, a, a close game when they played Minnesota Thursday night. But, you know, even though the, the, the final score was a seven-point win, that doesn't really tell you the story of how the game went. If you watch the game, that, I mean, they picked apart that Vikings defense, which is supposed to be one of the best in the league, right? And and, and Jared Goff made them look silly. And, yep. you know, so really, I mean, I, I look for the Rams, you know, with, with extra rest uh, to really come out and really lay the wood down in reality because that's just, that's just you know, the, the Rams – Motto this year is, is you know, you, you, they're not leaving anything on the field this year. They're they're, they're going for everything. So, I, I don't see the Rams having much of a problem at all today. Todd. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, you know, the thing about it is, is that Cup is becoming actually their top receiver with four touchdowns. Golf was eleven touchdowns and two interceptions. Yeah, um, the Rams are all are all cylinders. I mean, it, it will take something for Seattle. To have to be at home, obviously, at home they are obviously a, a different proposition. But the thing is, what do they have that they can really offer up other than Russell Wilson may, improvising, making some plays here and there? What can they really do to threaten the Rams defensively? The Rams are still one of the top defenses; they're top five defense in the league. They're the number one scoring offense in the league. Um, you know, they're they're just unbelievable. And so the thing is, you're right. Even when the Rams don't play their best, like I, like in the first game of the season against the Raiders, they're an automatic 30 points a game or close to it. I think they'll score at least 27 here today. Not only that, yeah. they're going to expose the Seattle. Uh, T.J. Wright's not playing. And, I mean, Seattle basically the only thing they have left is the linebacking core because 
after defense is not there anymore, that's going to be exploited. What's Wagner going to do? He can't do everything. I mean, if the Rams exploit that and get past that first line of defense, uh, the Seahawks' defense is in for a long day the way I look at it. I cannot see what Seattle is going to be able to do to really threaten the Rams. And the Rams, they say, they're going to want to play better defense. They didn't play great defense last week against Minnesota, but they won't even have to. Their offense is so darn efficient that I, I cannot see anything other than a Ram win here at all. Yep. It's just it's just not in the cards for for Seattle, and they're just gonna they're just gonna have to mold through this season and get to the next and and try to improve de- defensively, which has been their main their main thing, and they don't have any more. So that leads us up to an interesting game. Here. Interesting game at one two one two losses from Minnesota. Philadelphia two and two. They lost last week. Uh, Minnesota is not Minnesota, but Minnesota, wait, I thought they had a quarterback. Wait, I thought they had a guy. Wait, Cuervo, remind me again who's a quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. It just slipped in my mind really quick, Cuervo. Who's the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings? Oh, Sonny, that would be Kurt. You like that? Cousins. That's who the quarterback of the Vikings is. Yeah, how's that signing going on out there for Minnesota? You know that you know they won two and one. I mean, they won one game this year. You know, you know, that was a that was a good pick for them. Get your licks in. I love being and right. And if there's a bigger gloater on uh, being right uh, besides me, I don't know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Let's let's see how the rest of the season plays out. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Do they got change? I mean, I, I I don't even listen. They used to be defensively. They used to have you know have the offense. Now the offense is gone. It, it, even Case Keenum did a better job, and he sucks too. All right, so they can, now they just can't get the job done. And here's the thing: the, the really simple fact of the matter is, is that the difference between this game is quarterbacks, and you know who's that definitely better. It, it, obviously, I thought it was the wrong time to bring back Carson Wentz. Uh, obviously, I was. Well, I might have been <clears throat> sorry. I might have been <clears throat> wrong on that, but um, Case Keenum looks like he's ready to go for the rest of the season. He looks like he could be in the talks for the MVP again. Um, and he, and wait until he gets a little oil on some of that rust, and it, and it might start here today. Both these teams supposedly have good uh, good defenses. I don't know if I believe the defenses on any of these two football teams. I know I should. I I, I know him, but here's the thing. I, I'm just going to look at who's the better quarterback right now, and this one is simple. And then, even if you wanted to argue the point, then I want to go who's the better uh, better head coach, and, and I'm still up on Philadelphia. So you know, Philadelphia right now. You know, on defense right now, they, they they have been giving it up too much. 436 yards and a 27-21 loss to Tampa Bay in week two, okay? And then um, then they had to protect a 14-point second half lead and were you know, and then got beat by, by Tennessee. The defense is good until the third quarter. So if 
your boy, Kirk Cousins, can keep it close. This might be an interesting game, Cuervo, as far as – but I'm still on Philadelphia because who's the better quarterback, who's the better coach? Who do you got, Cuervo? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it, this one is a tricky one because it is really when you look when you look at it, we expected more from both of these teams. You know, you can bash Kirk yeah. Cousins all you want, Sonny, and that's fun, and I know you're going to do it, and I'm just yes. waiting. I'm waiting for the Facebook messages the minute Kirk Cousins blinks and makes a mistake. I'm going to be sitting there, and I'll be waiting for the message to come through. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Philadelphia Eagles is 2-2 two and two as well, okay? And you can't refer back to the NFC Championship game from last year because guess what? That was Case Keenum against Nick Foles. Yeah, the better yeah. quarterback. You know, we, we we have forgotten that pretty quickly. You know, that, you know, let's not make this a rematch of the NFC Championship game because it's really oh, not. Yeah. Oh, it's not. You're right. No, it be, it's definitely not. Two different quarterbacks playing in this game. So, with that being said, is the name of our show. Um, I, I This one's a tough one. Again, you know, we expected more out of these teams. Um, and they just they've been underachieving so far this year. Um So who you but, got? Who are you picking in this one? Well, you know, I've been going back and forth, you know, because I believe this is the first time uh well maybe not the first time, but at least the first time in a while that that Carson Wentz has gone up against this Minnesota Vikings defense. Uh at the same time Kirk Cousins is a little bit more familiar with this Eagles defense. So you can see the difference there. This could be a a game of familiarity uh, amongst the quarterbacks, which would give the advantage to Minnesota. However, Ah, the old key word, however, or but. I like it. They're at home. Okay, they're at home. They're probably pissed off, right? Because yeah. wasn't it uh-huh. wasn't it last week that they uh that they lost or or am I thinking of a different week? Hold on. I'm getting my what, week for for Philadelphia, no, they lost to Tennessee last week. They should have won that game. On that last second touchdown in overtime. There you go. So now they're back home. They're mad, okay? This doesn't spell out to be a good thing for the Minnesota Vikings. So I fully expect the Eagles to bounce back. Uh, And and, and even though Cousins is familiar with this Eagles defense, um, doesn't mean he was successful against them. Okay, so let's let's not mistake ourselves here. So, again, I'll be waiting for the messages coming from you, Sonny, on how Kirk Cousins sucks and, and he's terrible and, and you know Charles will probably make an appearance in, in our in our little group chat. Oh, um, so. that was terrible. Crazy knucklehead, terrible. So my God, you know, yeah, I, I, I thought you, you were gonna, I thought you were gonna pull the trigger, and I, I was right there on that, I was there on that soundbite. No, I was ready no, for you, Cuervo. I'm glad you're smarter than that. I led you down that road, Sonny, but uh, yeah, but you then did, I took, man. I, took, I was ready I to the left the at the last second. So, yeah, so, I took the last at the last second. So no, I'm all going right, to we're just 
Philadelphia Todd, I mean, you know, quickly, because we got three more games. I mean, what are you looking at at this game? I, I mean, are we out well, on the field? I mean, no, no, you guys said it all. You got this is these two teams are far different than they were at the stage of the NFC Championship game last year. The thing is, Sonny, again, statistics lie. Kirk Cousins has 10 touchdowns and two interceptions. That tells you absolutely nothing. Uh, and I like Kirk Cousins, but I'm just being up front with you. I mean, against uh, the 49ers, frankly, for the most part, he sucked. Against the Buffalo Packers, when they should have won that game, he sucked. Against the Buffalo Bills, he sucked. Last week, he had a good game, okay? The thing is, it's very simple to me. Philadelphia only allows 65 yards a game on defense on the rush. That's number one in the league. Minnesota's not going to have Darwin Cook, which is a critical loss. He gives them a speed element. Sure, he'll make some plays, getting it downfield to Thielen and Diggs. But the Eagles are coming off a loss. And Doug Peterson was very, very down last week in the press conference after the game about, you know, being serious and getting this thing turned around, how everything is unacceptable. All the cards tell me here not to trust Minnesota. Carson Wentz looks like he's slowly getting back into the scheme of things. And if Minnesota cannot run and make Kirk Cousins beat him, I don't see it happening on the road in that environment in Philadelphia. The Vikings defense has been terrible. They're 20 from the league defensively. They're giving almost 300, over 380 yards allowed a game. Um, I like the Eagles to win this game. Um, but it's, 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 it was one that I did have to think about for a while because both teams are not playing very well right now. But as I said, these statistics mean absolutely nothing. Kirk Cousins has the most misleading statistics in the league because he's not been in the quarterback with 10 touchdowns and two interceptions. He's not been that quarterback so, except for the Ram game. The defense is such a problem. I don't even know what the extra day is going to matter. So, Philadelphia is my call here. Where are the W's? When Kirk Cousin gets the W's, I'll fall for his spiel until then ain't happening. Now take us up to the next game that we're talking about here on the Constantine Sports Show as we cover them all. Saving one of the best for the last, but you know, I, you know, God, I hate the Dallas Cowboys. I, I hate the Dallas Cowboys. They're two and two. They won last week. You, you know, but the team I hate worse is the one and three Houston Texans. And I think mm-hmm. to win this freaking division. I mean, this is a football team that can't decide whether they're going to be good or not. I mean, if they go when they go to games, to me, it, and, and I don't know. I, I watch different games, you know, obviously because of red zone and everything that they bring to us. But, you know, the simple fact of the matter is, is that when you look at the Houston Texans, yeah, they look I mean, like they're playing they look like they're in practice, practice, you know, in not the a game. game. Not a game. In the not game. A game. In a game, practice. They look like they're in practice. I'm sorry, there's a football team that just does not see what the hell is going on, and and I don't know. I, I should not be thinking the way that I do with this, but I, I'm telling you, Dallas Cowboys fans, don't fret. Please don't fret, okay? And I'm gonna say it. Dallas Cowboys are still gonna win this division. They're both at two and two right there with Philadelphia. I like Dak Prescott, guys. 
Guys, you can sit there and criticize this guy all you want. He went 13-3 and without Tony Romo. They actually – I'm not sure if they made the playoffs, but they had a, they had a winning record. Um, no, they didn't make the playoffs because Zeke wasn't in there. But, you know, again, no Zeke, no, no offensive line. You tell me. Dak Prescott is quality. I'm sorry he is. First of all, he's a quality human being. That's number one. That's why you got to like that Prescott. Up on number two, this guy can play some football. Now, granted, you know, they're going to put the weight up on the guy that wants to, you know, feed me more kind of crap run down there, which I hate, can't stand looking at. But Ezekiel is going to be the defense, uh, the difference in this game because the defense won't be able to keep up with him because the Dallas Cowboys discovered something last week. Hey, maybe we should get Zeke involved with the run, uh, passing game. Oh, yeah, let's try that. Now they look like a bunch of geniuses. The question will be, Cuervo, is will they continue feeding uh, Zeke Elliott the ball, which is what they need to do. They're going to beat the, uh, the Houston Texans in Houston because the simple fact of the matter is, is, is that this offense that is coming to you from Houston, they are pretenders. Now, I'm not saying that the Dallas Cowboys are – uh, you know, contenders, I'm saying they're going to win this division and make the playoffs. I, I just look at who's the better quarterback, the better quarterback. And if you want to argue with Deshaun Watson over uh, um, Dak Prescott, we'll, we'll, we, might, we might argue because there is no doubt in my mind who the better quarterback is. And everybody's going to say, well, look at the defense. The defense is better on Houston. Absolutely. I won't give it that. But there's something about this game. This game – you know, it's for the pride of Texas, and it's become a game each and every year whenever they actually do play each other. It becomes almost one of the biggest games of the year, and the Dallas Cowboys own it. So you, you look at it, the Cowboys are third in the league with sacks with 14. The Cowboys defensive end, Mark, Demarcus Lawrence, he leads the league with five and a half sacks. Deshaun Watson, he's already been hit 45 times this year. The Dallas Cowboys are actually going to win this football game quite at least in my humble opinion, who you got in this one? Well, first of all, let me say this, Sonny. You know, the whole state of Texas is fired up. You see that win yesterday they against are. Oklahoma and the Red River rivalry? They finally yeah. got it done. They took Oklahoma finally. down. That whole state is just in, in – in, in. Yeah, and just a real quick out, shout out to uh, Aminahu of the uh, Texas Longhorns, who was a former Rowlett Eagle, had a pretty good game in that one. Go ahead, Cuervo. All righty, now let's get them shout outs out there, Sonny. Yeah, so the whole the whole the whole state is just is, is on fire about that, and and they are. And that was a hell of a game, by the way, yesterday. This, I know this, this is, is what football, football is show, about in Texas. That game, that game is the definition of what football is about in Texas. Oh yeah, oh without a doubt, without a doubt. So, so but, you know, like I said, the whole the whole state is 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 on fire about it. But you know, going football into this frenzy. game, look, look, you know, you, you you made the comment, Sonny, about Zeke Elliott getting the football. Uh, did the Dallas Cowboys have any other option? Do they have another choice? Nope. Because I, I can't name it. the quarterback before you, or wide receiver before you ask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so really, they don't have a choice. They have to feed. They have to feed the beast and Zeke Elliott, or else the, yep. their offense is nothing. Okay. And, and, and we saw them try to do it in Week One against the, the Carolina Panthers. How that worked out for them? Eight points. They put up eight yep. points. 
eight. against that Carolina Panther defense, which is a good defense, don't get me wrong, but eight points, okay? No NFL team should be putting up eight points. That, that, that was terrible. But anyways, going back to today, Honestly, oh, that was terrible. Crazy knucklehead of terrible. What? What, Charles? What is? Talk to me, Charles. What's <laughs> terrible? No, you were right. It was terrible. Yeah, eight points. But anyways, um, look, I, I I'm gonna go on the other side, Sonny. I like Deshaun Watson at home against this Dallas Cowboys defense that is like a box of uh, Forrest Gump's chocolates because you never know what you're going to get with them, okay? Yep. That, that's the way I see this defense. You know, one week one week they play well, they get pressure on quarterbacks, and then the next week, you know, it's, it, that, same, that same pressure is nowhere to be found. So it's a little bit inconsistent uh, as far as the defense of the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, I, I think Deshaun Watson is the type of quarterback that, uh, we'll be able to, you know, play some magic tricks and be a magician uh, against that Dallas Cowboy defense and, and find ways to make plays. And um, I think with the secondary that the Dallas Cowboys have, and we all know that's the weakness of their defense, right? Well, look at what the look at what the passing game is doing down there in Houston. I mean, Will Fuller has become a big time player. I knew him. Let I knew him off the top of my head. We all know what Hopkins brings to the table. And now you add add a Will Fuller, okay? Uh, that's That doesn't sound good for, for if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, okay? So that's what I see in this football game. Well, uh, and I'll take it to Todd. We're, on, we're riding the fence. I got Dallas. He has Houston. Who you got, Todd? I'm going with Houston, but it's uh, it's going to be tough. But one thing, Will Fuller is questionable by hamstring. When the thing is, usually, Will, and they say in an injury report, you're questionable. Usually, that means you do play. How effective he will be, and they're going to and Hopkins uh, will not be enough. They're going to need Fuller. I can honestly see with Houston not having much of a running game to speak of, and Lamar Miller's out again. That you know the Texans, Watson's going to have to beat them improvising like last week, making a lot of big plays in the passing game, which I have a feeling, a gut, that he's going to be able to pull that off. I don't see that Zeke's going to be able to run for 150 yards like last week at 88 more through the air in receptions. I mean, Zeke had a monster game. He was definitely the best player in the NFL last week. Um, and I, I agree with you, Sonny. I don't blame Zach Prescott for these problems. In Dallas, yep. I think Zach Preston, you don't become a bad quarterback in two years. There's a reason for everything. When you don't have receivers, you have a depleted offensive line, and no quarterback is going to look the same as he did during the 13-3 season. I don't think – the media, that's how the media is. The media just goes with it, and everybody just follows what the media says. Yeah, he sucks. He does not suck. We saw that last week, uh, how effective he can be, and – uh, I agree. So yeah, I think the Cowboys are getting things turned around. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's a rivalry. These teams obviously don't play each other very often, but it's for the bragging rights of Texas, and that obviously is a big deal. Um, you know, both teams have issues. 
as far as injuries is concerned. And Houston's got a lot of issues themselves in the secondary, and guys are not available that were supposed to be starting during this season. But I just think Watson's going to have a magical night. It's going to be one night where even if he is one-dimensional, I just think it'll be enough. He came off a 400-yard passing game last week against the Indianapolis Colts. Dallas actually statistically has a bit of a better defense, but Houston's pretty solid defensively. Of course, they have J.J. Watt. You have to remember Detroit defensively is not very good, and yeah, Dallas tore him apart last week, but um, at the same time, Stafford tore the Dallas secondary apart too. I just think that unless Zeke can run for a lot of yards in this game, I just think the Houston line, the defensive line, will be enough that they can at least slow him down because let's be honest, the Cowboys are forced to run Zeke a lot and he has to be effective or it's going to be a big problem to ask Zach to win the game. Not because he's not going to have the ability. This means he doesn't have the receiving core and you can't trust the line. So obviously it's a, it's very, very simple. Zeke has to run for a lot of yards in this game. And I don't see him being able to do that against the front seven of the Texans. So I'm going with Houston to win. Two things when I look at this where I almost wanted to take Houston. Almost. I said almost. It's two things. Number one, you're looking at a football team that, you know, they, they like to get to the quarterback. And then I looked at the offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, on paper, they're the best in the NFL. I don't think they are, but it might be enough. Who knows? There's a couple of things, though, you know, you know when I was looking at some of these numbers, okay, Go back to what I was talking about. Deshaun Watson has been hit 43 times, and he's on pace to be hit 172 times this year. That's too much. And the reason why is because he's that dual-threat quarterback. But if you go back to dual-threat quarterback, the Dallas Cowboys were beaten by Carolina's Cam Newton and by Seattle's Russell Wilson. So, you know, those kind of things edge out. The difference on this is that I think Deshaun – well, not I think. I know Deshaun Watson has been sacked 17 times through this last four games and only the worst team uh, in the league right now that's worse with 21 is the Buffalo Bills. You know, so they get pressure on the quarterback. What are they going to do is put the situation, I think, because I don't think Deshaun Watson has had enough time out in the NFL where you can think – that this guy will make good decisions all the time. Dak Prescott makes good decisions all the time. I'm sorry he does. He's not a, he's not a turnover machine. Um, and so when I look at this whole thing, the, you know, the Texans have allowed 11, uh, 11% uh, of sacks uh, on their game. So they've surrendered 68 sacks for, you know, the time that he's been the quarterback for this football team. They allowed 54 sacks last year. This is a team that gives up the quarterback. And, you know, and the Dallas Cowboys, that defensive line, you know, I have to admit, I didn't expect a lot from the defensive, uh, uh, the the defense from the Dallas Cowboys. But I knew their strength was that defensive line. So I think they're going to get to them. That's why I'm on the Dallas Cowboys this week. And that will lead us to the last game that's up on the board, which is the Monday Night Football game. Hey, finally, how about an interesting game on Monday Night Football? football? Not. Listen, I don't have anything to say about this game. Should I? Yes. Uh, Alex Smith, I should be talking about him. Yeah, they're 2-1. New Orleans are at home. They're 3-1. 
And all I got to say is Drew Brees, Cuervo. I, 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 don't, I don't know how you can pick the Washington Redskins on Monday Night Football to win this game. I mean, it would, it would have to take, you know, a lot of just Drew Brees looking flat, the offense looking flat, and, and I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you know, on top of that, Mark Ingram returns, so that's, a, that's another weapon that uh, that the, the Saints will be able to utilize uh, uh, in, in this game. You know, it's not going to be just all Alvin Kamara. Now, I'm not saying that Ingram's going to take over the starting job in the first week, but at the same time, I think I think uh, Sean Payton's smart enough to to know when to give Kamara, you know, a break and 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 start getting Ingram involved in the offense again. So. Um, but uh, I tell you guys, we're we're going to see history tomorrow night. Um, I know I mentioned it in last week's game. Uh, I was yep. I wasn't sure if it was going to happen, uh, you know, in that game against the Giants. But but uh, tonight, tomorrow night, it's definitely uh, in in the uh, you know within means of of breaking that passing yards record. So um, you know, if you get an opportunity, hey, try you know, I would say try and. Watch it so you can see history, you know, be made. Yeah, and a couple other things just really quick. Trent Williams with knee surgery, he's actually going to play. This is a mistake. Don't do it. Trent Williams might be your most important player to come off an injury. So, you know, Josh Norman is not the Josh Norman that everybody is. And Adrian Peterson, uh, he says he's ready to go, but he's got a high ankle, and that always bothers running backs. High ankle sprains are the worst for running backs. But and, and then on the other side, the New Orleans Saints get Mark Ingram back. So everything is looking this uh, good for the New Orleans Saints. Todd? Yeah, I would agree, Sonny. The thing is, the Saints are on the upswing. Believe it or not, the Washington Redskins are only allowing 14.7 points a game. They're actually statistically third in the league defensively, but it's it's the same old thing. Alex Smith has very nice, comfy, little safe numbers, four whopping touchdowns in four games of one interception, um, you know, the same old stuff. Uh, Adrian Peterson has had basically, you know, one decent game out of four. Saints are 24th defensively, but it, but they're on the upswing, and they're getting better every single week. They're also getting healthier. And that's a debate for their time. But honestly, even though as a Bronco fan, I love Peyton Manning and respect his career, I will honestly – I honestly believe that if, if I had if I had ever had to choose a quarterback, to me, I, I prefer Drew Brees. I'm sorry. Because Drew Brees yep. has kept that team competitive, Sonny, even in seasons where they were not that great after Super Bowl. Eighth game with Drew Brees, even if you have an average football team, he can win. And I, I could never say that about Peyton Manning. Drew Brees is one of the is probably the most underrated great quarterbacks that has ever lived. And I'll be very, very happy for him tomorrow night uh, if he gets that record. Much respect to that man. Um, I think he's phenomenal. I, I agree, and the thing is, I don't see what the Washington Redskins are going to be able to do to scare the New Orleans Saints defensively, plus being at home is a major advantage for the Saints, and especially coming Absolutely. off the route they had over uh, Eli and the New York Giants last week. Full, full complement of running game now. 
as you say, with Ingram back. Amir has been running the ball very, very well. The Saints' defense has been good the last couple weeks. So I'm, I'm with you. They're on the upswing. Uh, the Saints are now the team we thought they were going to be. The Redskins are obviously going to come back to Earth. And um, unless Alex Smith is able to manage Kansas City like 10-minute-like drives uh, to keep the Saints' offense off the field, which I do not believe he's going to be able to do, uh, I just can't. I cannot see anything other than a Saints romp uh, in this particular game. I, I think they're going to win this game very decisively. Not only that, you're looking at this team. They're coming off the bye. Washington should be ready to go. Adrian Peterson, you know, I, all right, I'm just going to say it, okay? The most overrated running back. Adrian, listen, Al, I know. I know that. I'm sorry. He's, he's got to be the most overrated because here's the thing. Adrian Peterson can walk off a 200-yard game. Then what will he do for the next three games, okay? That's what he was all about in his career. 15, 40 yards. Exactly. He's so overrated. And the fact of the matter is which is going to make me puke. And when if and when we're on air, when that happens, I'm going to be all over this like flies on it. This guy's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer because of the stats being liars. You go through there and you watch the stats of Adrian Peterson. Yeah, those numbers are there, but they're in select games, and they go against crap teams that, you know, anybody probably could have ran up against. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of hearing about how great Adrian Peterson was or is. He's not. He's always been overrated, and I know, you know, I, I know that. Yeah, I know Stephen. I know, Stephen. I know you got some mad love. Cuervo, I know you think I'm crazy, too. Go ahead, Cuervo. Yeah, no, not not really, Sonny. I mean, you know, this 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 game is pretty cut and dry. Okay, I mean, the, the New Orleans Saints are just a better football team all around. Period, and, and they'll have no problems taking care of business against the Redskins. Is to talk Adrian about, well, you know, Peterson a first ballot Hall of Famer, Cuervo? Yes, yes, he is. Look, I know it just hasn't looked good. You know, the past couple years of his career. But, Sonny, Adrian Peterson, at one point, actually, at one point in time for a long period of time, was the most feared running back in the league. Okay? He's right. He's right. He's, uh, he owns the, the rushing record, most rushing yards in the game, and he did that as a rookie, Sonny. Do you remember that? I remember. He did. As a rookie, he did that. That's at the time. Actually, it was his second year, but that's okay. I get it. I I get what you're saying. Oh, I thought he was a rookie. Okay, well then, okay, my mistake. Maybe I need to go back and check my facts. But it's it's okay. I I get what you're saying, but I I, I want you to, when you get some time, when you get some time, go through his stats each and every year, go to every game each and every year, and and I defy you to find where he's got more than two games in a row where he is running his ass off. You'll see him run his ass off, and you'll see those numbers, and you'll go, wow, those are pretty good. I will give him 2012, okay? I'll give him 2012. Anybody would be stupid. But you go through games, 
okay? And you'll see a games where he's been good for one game and then die away for three or four. That's Adrian Peterson. He's not, a first, in my humble opinion, not a first ballot Hall of Famer at all. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to take away from the yards because you got to get yards against somebody. But when I look at Adrian Peterson, and I'm not even talking the last, you know, since 2014, he's been worthless. I'm sorry. Well, okay, 1485 in 2015. Give him that. But after that, he's been worthless. You take away from that, it's been a waste of time to even have him on the football field. Um, so, yeah, was he feared? Yes. But he was only feared, in my personal opinion, against football teams in reality that, you know, show up each – or that don't show up week in and week out, which was a lot of football teams that Adrian Peterson showed up because, obviously, they played in the NFC North. Cuervo. Sonny, okay. <clears throat> I, I hear your points, and, and I understand where you're coming from. You know, the consistency may not have always been there, right? And, and, and I'm, I, I, to an extent, yeah, his, the injuries, it, it really slowed his career down at, at some at points in his career. It slowed him down. So imagine if it, it didn't happen, he would, he would be even higher in the record books, okay? But let's go to 2012, and, and hopefully maybe this argument can, can be the deal, the, the deal sealer for you. To why he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer, or why why I think he will be in a quarterback dominant league, right? Because that's that's what the NFL has become now. It, it's it's dominated by quarterbacks. Okay, I think we can all agree on that. He's the only one. He's the only one in the quarterback driven era to win an MVP. Because of that 2,000-yard season you had in 2012. That's a good argument, but not for first ballot. I think he's going to make it. And, 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 and I think he's going to make it, but I don't think first ballot. Go ahead, Todd. I'll let you go. I'm just gonna, I know you've got to go. i got to say something really quick. You're absolutely right. So you and I always think alike. When you look back at Adrian's best seasons, he's had stretches of five or six games where he piles up against these yards against bad teams. And believe me, I'm not knocking him. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. But the thing is, you would take 2012. He was like all world, if you remember, like the first eight, nine games. Then it was a struggle. Consistent running backs do it all the time. I really believe he could even carry Terrell Davis or Barry Sanders' jock. That's my personal opinion. Um, I think you're right. He's overrated. Um, He will be in the Hall of Fame. You cannot take away what he is. But, you know, if the unfortunate wasn't for the damn knee injuries and whatever, it'd be a different story, maybe. But, um, I agree. He's hung on too long. And the thing is, he's a liability. They played four games, and basically Adrian Peterson has had one big game in four. That doesn't cut in this league. You've got to be good every single week, or you are a liability to your football team. I could not agree more, but he will be in the Hall of Fame because everybody looks at numbers, 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 numbers. Yep. But I will guarantee it, you it, 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 that it's the better team is he has struggled against the better teams in the big games. That's a fact. Yep. And, and, and it is. This is a quarterback-driven and numbers league. And, and I'll say it, he's got the numbers. But, you know, I, I'm all about consistency. Hey, Cuervo, I just turned on the TV. Guess what's on? What's that? Jacksonville. 
Well, no, no, it's Red Zone, baby. It's time. It's time for us to get on over to Red Zone. Yes, you know, the the early games, Jaguars, Kansas City, Atlanta Steelers, Green Bay, the Lions, Baltimore, and the Browns. That would be an interesting game to watch. Get over to Red Zone. You can watch them all. That's the only way to watch them on Sunday. I am already on it. I'm on it. Great day. I'm on it. Yep. We're always a couple minutes behind because I watch it via internet, but that's going to do it for us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Everybody have yourself a good time. We'll see you next Sunday. Yes, I will be on the road, but I will be on air. I hear Cuervo. I love it. Here, matter of fact, I love it so much. There he is. It's... Sky Hanson. Everybody have a good one. Enjoy it. We're out of here. Bye-bye. Hey, Cuervo, what do you think of the set now? Isn't the green wall great? The green wall? Yeah, that, that's yeah. they're not in a, a studio that looks like that. That's a green wall right behind them. Yeah, no, it, it's they've got a really nice setup now. Yeah, uh, I mean they it's always am- have, It's amazing what they can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You fooled me because I didn't think it was a green screen, but you know. Oh yeah, green screen all the way. Yeah, I saw a picture. I saw a picture of them with, with it uh, when he's doing it, and they had him behind the green and and. and it was all green screen, so I thought that was kind of cool. Got it. All right, Cuervo, have a good one. All righty. You too, Sonny. Guys, take care. Later.